but I ain't like that no more. I'm a, I'm a changed man. You were right, I was wrong. We got a family here. I'm going to start acting responsibly. So let's go, honey. Let's go get Nathan Jr. I'll screw it up. It's two dogs again. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fascinated with Boom. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> you don't want to know the first part of that. <laughs> no, no, no. Man, that's, the punchline was two dogs in a goat. You figure it out. That's, that's why we had to do it off audio. Uh, off camera, man. We don't want that's that great. shit following us around. <laughs> Wrecked him. It nearly killed him. <laughs> Uh, what movie was that? That's all you heard was know. like, yeah, yeah. It was I've just the punchline. It reminds me of the alienation one. He's just like, if this is my pen, where is my thermometer? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so how's everyone doing? Anything interesting happening last week? I didn't talk to you much. Uh, texting, you must have been yeah. uh, busy. I've been. I've it been... rained like a motherfucker. Oh my god! god the yeah, rain here isn't has been in my over by my house at least. It's been insane here, oh, yeah. t- here too. Oh my god! It, we were flooded. Yeah, and I came down the road and I saw water how are the animals liking it no (laughs) i'm assuming they're not liking it yeah and the funny thing is i looked up uh alachua county june historic we average eight inches right what are we at now we're we're double that wow Wow. that's crazy so you must have been getting nailed too oh yeah absolutely like, and the wind. You've probably crazy. been at work a lot of times while it's happening. Though. Yeah. You I just got wet-ass people coming in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I was. It, I, almost every time I go to a store, you don't know how many times it's completely clear out when I go in, and then you hear it from inside. Like, you ever yeah. been at Walmart with that tin roof mm-hmm. where it starts downpouring? You're like, oh, I might as well stay here for a little while. Yeah, that ain't the AC. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always bite the bullet and just walk to the car. Yeah. yeah. No, I usually do. Yeah. I hate standing around. I did that once for like 20 minutes with a bunch of shitheads that I didn't want to hang out with. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think it's letting up. No, it's not. (laughs) So we uh, lost a uh, great uh, actor we should mention real quick that we worked with. You should pull up his his IMDb is insane. There's something he did in 2015 where the cover is him in like a, uh, a like red, white, and blue Speedo without his the rest of his clothes on and that's it and i mean he, he's pretty old when he did it it's very interesting if you pull up his imdb page you'll see the uh the images uh, on he there would for his films. he just he lived mostly out of so yeah we're talking about our buddy uh john archer lundgren uh we worked with him on a film that we made like 10 years ago called project threshold and uh, anyone out there you can pull up the trail if you want to check it out uh, but he was uh, he was amazing in it and i remember when he showed up remember he showed up on the auditioning days yeah. and we didn't even know who he was we thought it was just some guy out front world i was super excited because we are we were the king of 20 something actors because we're in a college town yeah. so any old actor that comes out i'd be like believe me i will if i don't have anything for you i will write something for you they came to have him or shamrock or somebody that's yeah oh got yeah some, or kevin, kevin kevin or carpenter you need those unique people that have unique looks and they just then this guy's been around man this guy's entire life was just living in his van traveling from one job to another up the east coast and he would just stay in a hotel or stay in his van he had a nice setup in his van uh and everything it was like a more of an rv than like a, van. a camper van uh, like a camper van he's credited <clears throat> for 162 the motherfucker kept busy dude yeah. and he was <clears throat> he was great to have on board and, and we, he was old as hell when we met him yeah and I was so glad that I was tagged by someone, uh, uh, one of our other actresses from our film once he died, because I probably would never have heard about it. Uh, 
<clears throat> he was great, great guy, man, and he just loved acting anything he did he would tell me about being on the set of that zombie hookers movie he was on and he just did so much different horror movies and indie stuff that he'll go unnoticed forever but it's weird on his imdb page that there's a picture of him next to lily tomlin and jane fonda yeah so yeah. i'm not sure if he was did he maybe he had a cameo in uh frankie and uh grace and frankie uh, or he just went to like an award show with yeah them. it looks like it's some kind of an award show yeah. or something show Dave, that's plugged, cool. he stayed plugged into that whole oh yeah scene he loved the movie we did too. He, he was super. He came up to me afterwards and he says, "I see a lot of these, and this one's way better than most." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, well, I, I wish that helped us with uh, yeah. selling it." I wish we were a movie producer. <laughs> I wish because <laughs> we can make a we can make a movie easily. We can't sell a movie easily for sure. I'm looking to see if there's a threshold in his pictures. Yeah. Oh, I, it is because I've tagged him in ones that are on I'm from my IMDb page. So I know the yeah. one that you were talking about there with him in the speedo is called Rock Out. <laughs> well. Yeah, <laughs> so great. <laughs> this one looks fun. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a character man. Yeah, and he can play all different stuff. So he was uh, he'll be missed. Another uh, <laughs> just just because you know he like you said these were the type of things that he did. Another one I saw on there was called Kung Fu and Titties. <laughs> <laughs> he was the king of that man. Because <laughs> who wouldn't watch that? Yeah, that was a fan of either. Well, and, it, and I say this about character actors too. When you have that unique look, because he has a unique look. He, he looks does. like he's old. Yeah. He could play. You could tell that he could play maybe like an old school West Virginian, but he could also play like Creepy. a redneck Florida yeah. mm-hmm. uh, cracker. So. I would imagine that if he shows up at auditions, if he shows up at auditions, he probably will get a lot more looks than most people. Because I know for me, when we were doing auditions, anyone that stood out or had a unique look was always better. I mean, every time I watch movies, and we'll talk about several of them on this list when we get started here, and there's so many colorful character actors on these uh, films that they have to have that unique look because they're not going to last two hours uh, nothing's worse than like who is this guy or casting somebody that looks exactly like another actor that they're in a lot of scenes with which you know I what, see that a lot you know what you know what series I had the most difficulty in and it ruined it for me I was one of the biggest fans of Band of Brothers yeah and when they did the Pacific yeah they, Pacific like they that, cast though. all the actors looked yeah, you can't the same do that, dark haired Italian five foot eight it's why it was great with Band of Brothers. You had some guys with yeah. the scraggly beard. You had the redheaded guy. You had actors that you knew from other things, so you could immediately kind of go, oh, that's the guy from Office Space. So you stuff. say IMDb is, like, extremely accurate, right? It usually is. Dude, uh, he has been in some, like, really well-known shit. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, Ballers. Um Probably Baywatch. Just, yeah. Like, Those are all stuff American filmed. made. Those are Think all of things how many filmed background down here. people Jumanji. Yeah. Think he, of dude, how he did three movies with The Rock. Yeah. That's crazy. You man. haven't done three movies with The Rock. <laughs> no, I, I did four. Four? Yeah. That was with an actual rock. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this I, is my pet rock. I, yeah, I thought you were talking about the, the piece of limestone I, I keep out back. Anyone see any interesting movies this week? I watched a lot from the category. <laughs> <laughs> I watched, we're doing 18 movies. Have you've, obviously, you've clicked in, you've seen the name. We're going to talk about Nick Cage. I, I watched nine of the 18 this You know week. what? I bet this pod, <laughs> I bet, I bet this pod gets some listens to Nick Cage, hell yeah, I mean, man! You put him in the thing. People are Nick Cage fans. Yeah. Did, I you, love Nick did Cage. you go? Well, if we did Keanu... watch that, Nick Cage loses his shit. No, yeah. I forgot yeah. to. Fuck! I really Funny. do want to see that too. Well, <laughs> you, it's your fault. You said you were going to send it to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I sent the Camp Miami love clip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. 
to be honest with you, the more even more topical is if we were doing Keanu Reeves because Keanu Reeves is like on fire Dude, right yeah. now for no reason whatsoever. He hasn't done just for he just has Keanu a lot Reeves. of his movies just are kicking at the same time. People yeah. forget well, about that. I think I think a lot of it stem from he uh, did you see the posts about how he takes pictures with women? He never puts his hands yeah. around them. He oh, does no. a lot of like really uh, Amazing stuff. Like I told you, he still rides the subway. Yeah. People leave him alone. You yeah. know, he just and he's very, very nice to everyone he meets. Super, super nice. So it, it goes a lot of way, man. Yeah, it sounds he, like he's just. But he's a kind of elusive. Dude. You know, he doesn't. He just does his thing. You don't see him at comic cons or at any of those places because like that. And that's kind <laughs> of well. All these guys are rich though. That go to those comic cons. I mean, uh, they're all know, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't need to go to a comic con. No, but he does anyways. And that's what's going to be interesting <laughs> if the uh, <clears throat> because with Nick Cage, <clears throat> Nick Cage has been in two. Uh, two superhero movies, well, three if you want to count uh, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass, yeah. But uh, he, because he's, other than that, he's also been Ghost Rider, and he was the voice of the adult Spider-Man in the Into the Spider-Verse that just oh, came really? out and was super popular. I didn't so he that. technically was three, and he's the biggest comic book fan of any celebrity oh, yeah. ever. Did you see he sold uh, his... Uh, yeah, that was a while ago. He had sold his collection. Uh, he had a uh, Superman number, number one. one, which was the... Uh, he, um, he got like a million, action million comics, two for it. A- Action wow. Comics won. But his whole collection was like insane. When he got uh, really big, he used a lot of his money. And at one point, he had the best collection, I think, in the country he got of tax. comic books. He had tax problems. Yeah, then he sold a bunch of the he stuff. Had he had stuff. someone you know, had stolen he sold one the of his things. T Rex skeleton, right? He had a completely yeah. intact. He's a pop culture geek, man. I love Nick Rex. Cage. Did Storm. you ever see the. Um, the video of him where losing he, his shit. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> you? Dave sent it to me. You didn't get that shit. <laughs> it's in the mail. Um, no, uh, where he was like auditioning to be Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I but just Tim Burton. That. Yeah, I just saw yeah. that the first time. You for, see like, the outfit a couple the weeks man. ago. It's yeah, it's crazy. Luckily, they didn't go with it. That would have done. That wouldn't terrible. have went well. Did, and even did they did Saturday Night Live make fun of that. I don't they know. did with the Star Wars. Maybe. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Auditions. Uh, they had Jack Lemon memory. was. <laughs> what's a Wookiee? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, what was great about him, and that's where he got his last... He's so much of a comic book fan, his last name is from Luke Cage. He uh, chose that as his last name for his stage name. Oh, wow. Because Nicolas Cage is from one of the most famous families, and a lot of people don't know this, and it's so, super surprising to me when people don't realize this at, at this time. I had no he's, idea. His real name is Nicholas Coppola. He's Francis really? Ford Coppola's nephew. He's cousins with... Uh, Talia Shire, who is Adrian. No, that's his mm-hmm. mother. Uh, no, that's Jason Swartzman's mom. Jason Swartzman's mom. Jason Swartzman, the kid from Rushmore. That whole family is interconnected in a way. So Nicolas Cage really had a leg up before he went in there. And Sounds then, like an Illuminati cult. <laughs> oh, it's totally it is. <laughs> he sells his wine with my air quotes. Now, Francis Ford, his vineyard. Have you tried his wine? Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it's it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird to I'm me. I'm not a wine guy, though. It's weird to me and impressive that he decided to drop the family name because mm-hmm. i mean coppola had already won awards for uh godfather apocalypse now when he, he was still, when he, he was starting still out made his uncle make all the phone calls Shit, yeah mm-hmm. and he just changed the people last name. the yeah. people in the industry certainly yeah. knew who he was but <laughs> a lot of people talk to the right people it's like i'm nicholas coppola slash kate oh <laughs> mr Cage. Because you forget how many people are <laughs> not using their real name, especially back in the day. Maybe now more people are using their Chuck name instead Sheen. of a staged name. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. And his dad. Uh, 
Yeah, they were originally Estevez. Estevez. Uh, and his other brother kept the name. Ramon kept that Estevez. But the there's Rocks, tons of them. That's Benton the Rocks. That's not his real name. No, no. Kane Johnson. It's actually the Pebble. The Pebble. <laughs> I told you, Michael J. Fox's uh, middle name was uh, David, uh, but he didn't want to call him. And there was another Michael Fox, apparently, at the time, but he didn't want to call, him, call himself Michael D. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he made awesome. up. So he made up the J. Uh, so it means absolutely nothing. I saw that just on a Letterman interview one night with him. But. <laughs> Michael D. Fox. Why would you not want to be called that? <laughs> so Nicholas Cage, though, and Nicholas Cage was a no-brainer when we were going to do acting uh, kind of retrospectives of their career because he has done so much. Like yeah. this could have been forty. We could have done a four and a half hour long pot on this shit, and I would have spent an extra week watching more films. Yeah. Like, but he has done <laughs> so many of the subtle. Delivery. So there's, <laughs> so there's stuff that made serious money that I left off this list. Uh, shit, City of Angels uh, was a huge hit for him, but it's mm. not on this list. Uh, Peggy Sue got married. Vampires Kiss. There's a lot of great stuff that he did that we had to just leave off. We had to keep it at like 18 to just be manageable. Was the one he got burned in the Wicker Man? Wicker Man. That was oh, a yeah. horrible piece of garbage. Uh, the worst remake ever made, and probably one of the worst movies ever made. I didn't mind uh, it. The original. Well, the problem was it, the original. Was the so original better. was fucking. Oh, I phenomenal. never. I didn't even know that existed. They, when the, it's that like one came they out. they took a copy of it. Someone bent over and shit right on it. It was a horrible. Whatever horrible we can movie. still read, <laughs> it's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gremlin made out of lightning bolts traveling from full nine. <laughs> That's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that first one, the original Wicker Man, was so had such a great. If I want to talk to somebody about tonal films about a, a, a good feel and a tone in a movie and I have to give a good example the original Wicker Man is a really really great one Exorcist is another great one Man It Wasn't uh, There I Man always, It Wasn't There had a great because they so. did a lot of that with the cinematography what's that but, one coming up where the people go to Sweden yeah, for that uh, festival Midsommar Summer. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that looks like Wicker Man Yeah, uh, it looks just like Wicker Man but old Wicker Man not, mm-hmm. not Nicolas Cage sorry Nicolas Cage you did have a couple stinkers in there but that, was, <laughs> he got, that wasn't his fault that was, he got paid his, his fault was attaching himself to it in the first place because I think it's the, one of the lowest rated movies ever. I know it. On he gets every, a lot of forgiveness, though. On every list, you pull up the worst movies of all time, it is always on uh, like top ten of worst movies. So we won't talk about that one any more girls. than we already have. <laughs> so <clears throat> let's go through some Nicolas Cage movies here, man. We'll talk about him, what we like about him, and the arc. Because you know what was great? It's almost like looking at Nicolas Cage's career, it's like watching a good movie. And you're seeing him start off in one particular type of role, and then he kind of goes, and the, the roles he's playing now are amazing, and and different. There's a and there's a spot here, yeah. you know, ar- around 2010, where he was doing a certain type of movie, and then he just stopped, and it completely changed once he did Joe, and we'll talk about that when it gets there. Uh, and I love what he's doing now. What he's doing now, and he's just coming in there, and you could tell that he's pinned. He's he's done so many big budget movies. I could just imagine how much money Nicolas Cage films have made, gr- grossed all together. Probably it's got to be trailing insane. Sam Jackson by it, a little bit. By it. a little bit, but yeah. it, it's insane how many movies he was in, especially big uh, blockbuster ones. And now later in his career, and this isn't uh, unusual for actors either. But when they get later in their career, and they have that much money, and they can just do their own thing and pick and choose that they just go through these indie movies that you know they put their name as one of the producers on it and they help it out and they just kind of champion it on because like when we were we were watching Mandy I mean Mandy we could have done that could have been our film you know that we had done that they just put all their money into three good actors and uh, it just killed it and he had a good sense of uh, 
uh, lighting and everything in that movie. But we'll talk. We'll end off talking about that one. But first, let's talk about some raising Arizona. Son, <laughs> you got a panty on your head. <laughs> <laughs> let's go get Nathan Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I love raising Arizona, man. This is when I got introduced to the Cohen brothers and. I probably had seen Nicolas Cage before this because there's a couple we left off. Like, he had such a minor role in Fast Times of Ridgemont High. We mm-hmm. just talked about that last week that he was just, I think he just hung out with Anthony Daniel or Anthony Edwards, who also had such a tiny role in it. They were with Spicoli were in the one stoners, scene. Yeah. yeah, they were the stoners. So he had that, and he had Vampire's Kiss. Do you remember the famous thing that he got? Uh, Vampire's Kiss wasn't that great of a movie. He was vampire, obviously. But he did something in that movie that was kind of like became folklore for a while. There's a scene where he has to, uh, he reaches out and grabs his nasty roach off the like counter or something like that and eats it. And uh, he did it. Like In the movie, he ate like five roaches. Oh, fuck. Uh, and I was like, wow, that is like intense and shows you're you a got little, you're a little crazy there. Worms. That's what I was you got thinking, cheek yeah. to put worms in the mouth yeah we did we did the uh <laughs> the, the behind there's a behind the scenes one where yeah. he's like mm. paul's taking too long <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta let me know man when yeah. I'm <laughs> uh what do you think of what do you what's some of your favorite stuff from this is my Arizona? least favorite what? Cohen it's not movie. how you start this part. Yeah. <laughs> this is my least favorite Cohen movie. Really? Mm-hmm. That is not so weird, a huge man. fan of this movie. The people who love it, love it. I, and, I love it. and I get why they yeah. love it. It's just too much. <laughs> Have you watched it in a while? It's been a while. Yeah, so yeah you probably I, need to watch it. Because it is funny, man. And it's comedies so, it's are, so um, Coen Brothers. Comedies though. are my least favorite movie. Yeah. But it's so Coen Brothers. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the man who wasn't there with a little mm-hmm. bit more comedy and, and all his kind of great actors. It wasn't a bad movie. I just, yeah. it would be very, I would probably choose almost every other movie on that list before I see it. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, man. Well, we'll go to you now. Come yeah. on, say something nice. <laughs> uh, Cancel well, Dave's see. out. Yeah, dude, I, I just love all the different aspects of it, you know, from like the, <laughs> the kidnapping of the baby. Yeah, I mean, the fucked up concept in general is yeah. like, we're going to make this movie? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. And, you know, like, their relationship turned to the left. You know what I mean? Like, how they meet. It's such great, and man. When but, John Goodman and, uh, is it William Forsyth? Yep. You yep. know, br- bust out from the ground and, like, just the bounty hunter, you know? This was um, an amazing script. When you look at this as the film, how it's how it's structured all the way to the end and having so much uh, analogies going through it with the the guy, uh, the bike rider, yeah. uh, Randall Texcob, on the bike, kind of hunting them down as like this force and even uh William Forsyth and John Goodman getting back into the ground at the end. Yeah. Uh, very similar. All the Coen Brothers stuff has that kind of underlining kind of secrecy or uh, subtext that you have to kind of figure out on your own. Higher level meaning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look yeah. at Oh Brother Where Art Thou. People can watch that movie and they don't even realize that it's dealing with the Homer's Odyssey and everything. Right. So, especially with Raising Arizona, and this was, well, people knew who the Coen brothers were, so when Nicholas uh, signed on for it, obviously he, he was able to watch Blood Simple and be like, these guys know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, But when you think dark comedies, I mean, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of them around that time that... Yeah. That yeah, on like, paper sounds like no, we can't do this. Yeah, how difficult is it to make you get back up there and get me that baby hat? Yeah. Like, and not and only are they funny, not are they kidnapping it. these babies. You love these characters, yeah, and you want them to get away with it. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you don't want them to take that baby that they stole back. I mean, how often? How is many that? babies did they have? Like they had, more than they seven? can handle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was five. I, I, I the could. quince? No, what was that? Five. Eight? Was it five? Five, five quince? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Nathan Jr. Nathan Jr. He's though. the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a lot louder in his, in his face. I can see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love when John Goodman shows up and they just uh, are on the couch talking and you can see Holly Hunter. Just We just started this family and you got these hot guys there. We yeah. got to get them the hell out of here. Or even uh, Frances McDermott her, and her husband. Man, yeah, it's such I'm a talking stuff. about swapping wives. <laughs> Just, oh, you're crazy. Like, yeah. You're crazy. <laughs> I'll sue you. Yeah. Oh, man. It was such a great, great flick by him. And he showed his comedy chops in that movie because, and we'll see in a lot of these movies where he's straight up funny as shit in some of these movies, sometimes unintentionally. And, or maybe it was. And looking back now, it's just brilliant to watch him lose his shit because that was kind of his thing, you know, where he, he says something at a normal tone and then he screams real loud. Yeah. And then he gets, uh, very when I think of that kind of moment, he does it in all his films. But I love the moment in The Rock where he's like, "I can understand you getting uh, 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 you escaping from the uh, the water and this and that." And he's like, "But how in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so great. <laughs> All right, let's talk some honeymoon in Vegas. Now you have not seen this. Movie, I have man. not seen this. Man, this is such I, a fun movie, man. I, it's such a fun. Is movie. this I the one think... with the flying Elvises? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've See, seen bits and pieces of being this. a connoisseur of of the games of chance <laughs> yeah. and how things go wrong. <laughs> I would have thought you would have. It, it was it was a great movie. I it did see a decent proposal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has similar sort of similarities to there. So what you've it's got like here, James Con, James right? Con is the ba- kind of the bad, the scumbag. He was a scumbag, but you actually kind of felt for him. You, yeah. you never really hated him because he was coming from a place where he had lost his wife. Yeah. And remember when she met his family later on, you got you could see that she wasn't in danger uh, of anything, but it still was kind of weird and shitty the how he did it, and that's kind of. Sarah Jessica Parker played She's great, not, and I'm and not a huge Sarah Jessica. Jessica Parker. Only other movie I liked her in. What was the other one? Um, the one when she was on the with Bruce Willis Striking on the distance. water. Mm-hmm. Striking distance. She was yeah. great in Hocus Pocus. I don't remember. Oh, she yeah. was so freaking funny in that. That might be the best thing she amuck, ever did. Amuck, amuck, amuck. Yeah. <laughs> I this I don't I don't particularly care for a lot of her Are stuff. Are you running a muck? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did love I loved her in this. So basically what you have going on is uh, Nicolas Cage has trouble with commitment and he promises his mom on her deathbed that he won't get married but now he loves sarah jessica parker and he keeps putting it off and putting he it promised off and putting her he wouldn't get, he wouldn't get married okay and so he they decide to go to vegas he finally is like screw it i'm gonna ignore my mom's death wish because what a weird fucking wish to uh put on somebody on your deathbed yeah right <laughs> so i'm never listening to someone's i'm never gonna fall through on a promise i make to somebody on deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> snap so if you ask me to make snap to pro alone yeah. <laughs> you go straight yeah. <laughs> so yeah similar to that so what happens is he, he finally decides to ignore it he's gonna bring Sarah Jessica Parker they got engaged they're gonna get married in Vegas and uh, like four hours before the actual wedding that they're gonna have in Vegas he decides he's a he's kind of a gambler he plays poker at home at home mm. games and stuff like that and uh, he gets invited uh by James Conn of this game, were- not realizing that James Conn had seen Sarah Jessica Parker in the in the lobby, and she looked and like his. He ex- looked like his dead wife. His dead wife. He, he lost his wife, but it was like exact replica of her. And so he basically I bet sets he just up had a his of Sarah his Jessica idea, <laughs> his idea, and it actually works out in some really great poker stuff hands because he gets a. Uh, they're playing the uh, the game and they letting them lose and then they letting them win and everything. You don't realize what uh, James Conn's kind of uh, gameplay is here. But then you see Nicolas Cage get a straight flush to the jack. Mm-hmm. And he is like, uh, I mean, no poker face whatsoever. Yeah. He's got to go in on it, and even money that he doesn't have. And Nick, and James Conn just keeps going with him and everything. 
and uh, it gets up to like sixty five thousand dollars, and uh, he he said sorry, and he lays Nicholas Cage lays down his straight flush to the Jack, and James Cotta straight flush to the Queen. Oof. But you got to do it, man. That's yeah. like the biggest hand in the world. I mean, you, uh, you there's only three uh, kind of uh, suits better than that, or uh, like three hands hard, three hands better than that. Than that. Yeah. you got to take it. Yeah, and so he owes him sixty five thousand dollars. He says, "I'm willing to wipe it clear if you let your uh, let your wife." <laughs> uh, I'm willing to wipe your kind of debt clear if I can have your wife for the weekend. Mm. Not not in a sexual type of way, just to hang out with her and everything. She reminds, <laughs> he even tells her, I think he reminds her of me of my my wife and everything. I'll be a, I'll be decent. Do it. <laughs> and then having to go see him tell her because you don't you don't actually get to see it. It, it ends up the scene cuts to her, to her getting angry yeah, and everything. Yeah. And I you, you brought me to Vegas and you turned me into a whore, Jack. Yeah. It was, it was really terrible. funny watching her. And so she agrees to do it, not realizing that they're not having the honeymoon in Vegas or not they're not having that weekend in Vegas yeah. they, he's actually flying her to Hawaii so he goes to Hawaii oh wow and then he stays in Vegas for a little while until he's like fuck that I'm going down to Hawaii and he finds her and uh, we get to see Pat Morita is the taxi driver nice so he was really funny opposite him and it was this great thing where you got to watch James Khan trying to make Sarah Jessica love uh, Parker oh. fall in love with him mm. and in the back of her head she's got this guy who's in constant fear of commitment like uh, she's been dealing with his, with what his mom had put into his head forever so she can't even guarantee that he's going to be there the next day or right. later so she's kind of falling for him and everything out. but it, it ends up coming down <laughs> with that real? whole scene with the flying elvises with yeah. that great actor from yeah. uh from fletch hell son you're the flying elvis <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember him and fletch Are you doing oh, yeah. some stunt driving up there or something <laughs> that's what i said to him <laughs> So it was a fun, fun movie. We watched it last week with my wife, and she thought it was great. Uh, uh, all right, that was 92. And this next year, we're going 93, 93 here. <laughs> yeah, but I'm out of – I put one what of these up. after that one? He blanked 94. Oh, okay. <laughs> if all confused. goes well. Uh, and then I it was, went back a year. Remember that year where it went That's back right. You thought it was 95, but really it was 92. Well, I got my dates wrong then because I go from 93 to 95 back to 93. So. See, I told you. See? See? Justin knew about it. It's because we're from the future. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so 1993, and this was a movie that we watched all the time on HBO. They overplayed it, uh, but it was a fun movie, so I didn't mind watching it over and over again, which was uh, 93's Amos and Andrew. Yes. Now, I looked up – when I was looking up this movie, I happened to look up uh, – I wanted to see what Samuel L. Jackson done at this time. Mm-hmm. He had five movies come out in '93. Wow, and like big ones. That's I was crazy. like, holy or, crap! If you ever want to know when, when Pulp Fiction came out, '91, '92. Uh, no, that was way late, dude. That was like '99 or something like that. No, uh, no, no, '95, '95. I, I was up north. I, I watched like, it up north. Yeah, I was, I was a freshman in high school uh, when it came out. So whatever year that was supposed to be. 95, I think. I don't know. How many years did you stay back? I'm <laughs> Only a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll look him up while we're talking to this because I want to see what those <laughs> were in 93. That's funny. He, you know how many movies Samuel Jackson has right now? 187. Oh, wow. <laughs> as much as John Lundgren? Yeah. Uh, no, he's got him beat by a couple. Uh-huh. Well. All right. So here we go. I want to mention great. this. So in 93, Samuel Jackson had... Uh, had a TV uh, pilot come out from called American Experience. Then he had Loaded Weapon One, Amos and Andrew, Menace to Society, Jurassic Park, 
True Romance. Wow. All 93. Wow. So if you ever want to know when Samuel Jackson became huge, 1993 is exactly when it happened. And that's kind of what we were talking about with like Keanu Reeves kind of being big, you know? If all your shit... And I would plan that, you know? It's not an... an an unsmart thing to do if you're talking to your agent and everything of you know maybe you should release four of my movies in one year and i guess could backfire if you're not good and you're oversaturated but it could go the other way but if you're people saying get sick of you but people don't get sick of him no, no he's great um what was the movie that was uh you're talking nick cage or samuel no i'm not talking <laughs> keanu oh what no let's get off keanu that's key and peel <laughs> <laughs> uh amos and andrew have you seen amos and andrew i have it's been a long it's time been super and, long time yeah you're gonna have to Help fill some gaps. Yeah, but what do I, you remember about it? I remember being hysterical and like they, they were on the run from the cops for some reason, right? Where they well, no, now I got to pipe in. Yeah, <laughs> animated cat at one point. Yeah. And then dogs. the bridge blew up. Then yeah. they make cookies. And then wait, that's famous. And, then, <laughs> and then he was like. I am your father. And he was like, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I do like your movie better. <laughs> we'll talk later on. All right. No, Amos and Andrew, so you've got, uh, you've got Samuel L. Jackson who's living in a very uh, high-end, upper-level area of town. It kind of makes you think it's kind of like, uh, what's that? Uh, high-end places like Martha's Vineyard kind of place. And uh, he's new there to the house. And you got Michael Lerner. Do you know Michael Lerner, the uh, the guy from Barton Fink? I got that Barton got Fink kind of family. Feeling. He's like, uh, yeah, he was the warden in No mm-hmm. Escape, mm-hmm. kind of the big yeah. heavyset guy. He was really great. Him and his wife are walking their dog, and they look through the window, and they see Samuel Jackson in the dark messing with his stereo equipment. Oh. So automatically they think, who's this black guy? <laughs> oh. And why he's in there stereo. and stealing <laughs> stereos? So that's the one thing that catalysts this whole thing. So they call the cops, and the cops are... Uh, you know, the guy from Major League. You say the Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Yeah. So you got him, you got Dabney <laughs> Coleman, and you got Brad Dorff. So those those are the cops. Uh-huh. And they call everyone out to the scene and everything. And they just start shooting. They're shooting through <laughs> the things. And literally, uh, Samuel Jackson has to get to the ground and everything. And uh, he calls the police and is like, there's someone outside my house. They're yeah. trying to shoot me. And soon after, uh, they patch in. Um, the cops just don't shoot him. Unarmed black well, men he, oh, yeah, in their own home. So, <laughs> Dabney Coleman the gets, uh, they patch Dabney Jesus. Coleman in and everything, and he soon figures out, holy shit, we're shooting at the homeowner yeah. here. So he immediately wants to patch this up, and, and it blow. he wants to come up with this huge ruse to save his ass and every, all the other cops' ass. Yeah. So they go back to the jail, and they get Nicolas Cage, who's just this scumbag kind of uh, uh, thief. Yeah. And they say... You go in there, you uh, pretend you're the guy who shot it, you take him hostage, we break up the whole situation, no news and everything, and then I'll let you go to Canada on your own and everything, but you got to go in on this, don't tell him anything. Yeah. And they were like, all right. So that's exactly what they do. They have they send Nicolas Cage in there, and Nicolas Cage com- uh, confronts Samuel Jackson, and the more they talk, the more they kind of get along and realize that there's something shady going outside the house here, man. We don't know what the hell it is. By that time, the press is showing up, so everyone... Giancarlo yeah. Esposito plays like the uh, kind of the Martin Luther King Jr. character who is walking down the streets and is like, this black man is being oppressed in this house. He's the guy from Breaking Bad? Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, do the right thing. Yeah. And uh, they eventually at some point slip out the back of the house and go in like a neighbor's house, Michael Lerner's house, like two houses down. And they're just chilling out there and everything and they're watching it on TV and they think they're still in the house right. and everything like that. And It was a super, super fun movie uh, just watching those two guys try to get it over on uh, the cops. At some point, 
they uh Dabney Coleman comes into the house and they gag and tag him and uh have That's him on the right. ground. Yeah. And they they're shooting in the house not realizing Dabney Coleman's in there. Dabney Coleman has to like drag himself out the front door and fall <laughs> to the ground and it, it was fun, man. I, do you know if this is available to stream anywhere cuz I I I've like watched it. This. I own it. I can leave it already. <laughs> yeah. I own it. But for you might fee. be able to yeah. uh he's going to start for a minimum fee. In his movies. I know, right? My you, still got a bu- you still got a bunch of mine over I there. Do. I gotta collect. Um, uh, I can tell you right now if it's streaming. I'm telling you, if you listen to this, you want a, a great search or a great app that lets you know. Right, we gotta get paid for this. <laughs> yeah, this free free Cha-ching. plug just for this. But if you want on a great app that tells you immediately uh, what movies are uh, streaming, streaming and where they're streaming, mm-hmm. it's called uh, Just Watch, and it's uh. really great. Like so, I pulled up Amos and Andrew. It says Voodoo is the only place that is streaming, and, and it shows the four places you can buy it. So oh, wow! It's great. I've used it like daily, uh, every hour, every hour. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's my Facebook. Well, let page. me look up. My, let me look up my list here on my phone to make sure because I got these dates wrong. I want to make sure which one of these I got wrong. Okay, so uh, this isn't ninety three. Oh, that is a five. So I'm, I'm totally screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what so you are. So this next right one, <laughs> and this is the one. That, Always remember to bring a towel. Don't forget your towel. You haven't heard the last week's episode when I stuck Cartman in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You told me it was the one with the gingers. Gingers have no souls. They have what's called gingivitis. Yeah. <laughs> well, this next movie here, and this is 95, and this is where he went total. He did a role that we had never seen him before, and there's several times in his career we see that, but this is the first time. And this was 1995's Kiss of Death, where he played Little Junior Brown, man. And he was scary. Scary, scary in this movie. And he was built, too. Remember, he, oh, would, he bench-pressed w- women. That was his thing. He oh, was wow. bench-pressing women whenever he you had, saw him at the bar. He had the wife beater on, right, most of the time? Is This this is the one where he, he didn't... He was crazy. He didn't want metal in his mouth? Yeah. This was a fucked-up movie. He so, was a... And he was like the lieutenant, you know. His dad was like the head boss, yeah, he, of, and a he lot was of times intimidating that, character on yeah, the screen. If, if he was on camera, you did not know he was like like the Begbie. He was like Tommy, you know, uh, or yeah, Begbie. That's a great example too. But like Tommy from Goodfellas or Begbie from Training Spotting, he was unlike Tommy, who was really short, and Begbie, who was really skinny. If you put their personas in this jacked motherfucker's mm-hmm. body that could like destroy you, and there's some scenes I'll talk about where he does that. So basically, what's going on in this movie is you have uh, what's David Caruso. David Caruso is approached, and they kind of uh, he gets arrested for something, and they end up using him to go in and try to uh, bring down the mob in uh, Little Junior Brown. It's the plot from the and, last movie. Yeah. I got arrested some, and they have to use him to get... Samuel Jackson's in this movie too. Oh, so wow. this, he got to uh, work with him two years later. And uh, there's some really great scenes in it. Like uh, our first introduction to him was they go to the strip club and he is like bench pressing and damn girl, what you been eating? And he's just like <laughs> bench pressing her over and over again. And... Uh, He's got asthma, so always really connected me back in the day where he would hit his inhaler and then. Uh, but he had this thing You're like someday I can be a badass too, mommy. Look, <laughs> <laughs> it was really really cool, man. But like you said, he had that thing where he couldn't have metal in his mouth and he would freak out. Uh, he says in the joint I couldn't get uh, plastic spoons. He says I can't taste have metal in my mouth. They gave it to me on purpose and it really bothered me. I can't go back to the joint because of the uh, the metal in my mouth. I don't thing. think Oof. they give you metal. And I point at one I don't point think they give you metal in the in the prison. It's more of a 
plastic sport. Yeah. <laughs> but he you, had... So you heard. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> but uh, at one point, Caruso puts a gun in his mouth, too. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But there's a great scene with Michael Rappaport, and I love Michael Rappaport and like, everything he's in. He comes, He's that type of actor that will come in and just be that comic relief. I just saw uh, State of Grace again. Uh, that's John C., oh, who plays the exact same character in a lot of movies as Michael Rapport. so it's interesting you said that. Huh. Uh, Michael Rapport was like true romance. Yeah. Uh, he's his buddy. Oh, I got his fucking Floyd. He, he puts out a lot of great Twitter <laughs> selfie videos uh, railing against anything, and he's really funny doing it, man. I love Michael Rapport. Yeah. He was great in uh, Deep Blue Z. That was another great Michael Rapport. fucking Remy in Higher Learning. Yep. Remy and Heimer learning, that man, which is weird. Nuts. That was yeah. like unlike his other it's stuff. It's so weird to see him play yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, but he was fucking great. But in this, he played who you thought he'd be. He was late on his payments for, and he owed Junior Brown. And uh, they show up at his. He's got like a chop shop, and I'm not sure if they think he was stealing money. And to be honest with you, I think it was. I don't think he did anything. I think it was a setup by the cops because I hadn't seen it in a while. And uh, what I do remember is they go to the chop shop where he is, and little Junior Brown is, uh, he's got this room all set up with plastic, like Dexter style and everything, and they're all wearing, like, he walks in there, and they're wearing, like, uh, yellow slickers, and he makes this joke, he's, what are you guys, like, the uh, Gordon's Fisherman? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Nicolas Cage comes up to him, and you could tell, we have been waiting for Nicolas Cage to do something fucking crazy at this Mm. point. So he puts on... uh, House of Pain's jump around real oh, loud in the room, and uh, Nicolas Cage beats him to death with his fists wow. and blood everywhere and just destroys him, and he went. This was the first time, and uh, I guess we could coin the phrase, going full cage, and this is the <laughs> first time we got to see him go full cage was in Kiss of Death, mm-hmm. and it just went on from there where he was just scary as hell. He had like this thick goatee in the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, he just looked like a badass, man. It was really fun to watch, so Kiss of Death, first time. Let's bring it down a little bit (laughs) to probably, I mean, his biggest critically acclaimed movie of all time. And it's one of those movies everyone watches like once and it's kind of depressing. So you don't go back to it much. Uh, I had seen it several times myself because I thought he was amazing. And it was. Paul likes to live in the shadows. You know, sometimes sometimes you want to see people go to those uh, levels they can't go to. And you didn't think you at. Early in his career, he didn't know where Nick Cage's career was going to go, so he didn't know if he was going to do Oscar-caliber movies at all. He was great at uh, being uh, funny, and uh, another movie we didn't mention uh, that we went by was that Trapped in Paradise, where it's the Christmas <laughs> movie where he was in there. And, that was fun. Uh, but 95's Leaving Las Vegas kind of changed his entire career. He had been offered certain types of roles, and after Leaving Las Vegas, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure he won the Oscar for this. Did, we, did I look up and see if Nicolas Cage had uh, won an Oscar? No, oh, I I don't know. Um, now this is the one where he's like drinks himself to death. Yeah, yeah. And Elizabeth shoes in it. Yeah, yeah. that's she's right. Like the prostitute that she's friends or something. The hooker with the heart of gold. Hooker with the heart of gold. <laughs> Often heard of or seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Snuffleupagus. <laughs> exactly like Snuffleupagus. That might uh, be one of my favorite words in the English language, too. Snuffle up again. Yeah. Way better than spittoon. Word. What the hell? <laughs> I still stand by gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> but Leaving Las Vegas was an intense movie. I mean, from like beginning to end. And they had some great character actors that came in to do this. Remember Richard... Uh, uh, 
what's his name? The really nar- neurotic guy that's on Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, Richard Klein. Oh, or yeah. Richard, uh, the comedian. Yeah, the comedian. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, and any other time I remember. He was a friend of him, and you got to see Nicolas Cage. It started out with Nicolas Cage, already an alcoholic, yeah. and his friends kind of turning on him and not helping him, and I can't give Richard you any Lewis. money. Richard Lewis. Yeah. Thank you. And then uh, you got to see Julian Sands play a character that was like really hard to watch because his character was the pimp of Elizabeth Shue. So basically, you're seeing two people's lives who've got it bad, man. They, uh, one of them, Nicholas Cage is such a bad alcoholic. He, he lost a, his wife? Uh, he lost his wife. He sold every single thing in his apartment just to buy money to do go to Vegas, live in Vegas, and buy as much alcohol as he can. Remember the scene where he's kind of Wheel dancing the behind his, yeah. the, uh, the cart at the liquor store? And his idea is he's just going to drink himself to death. He's going to drink as much alcohol as he can until he dies. I think it takes a lot longer than he was It, it did, for. but we get to see <laughs> yeah. him. I mean, we see him chugging stuff, and he does I've never... really intense stuff with his like arms and his body. You could tell he put you it don't, in. You don't drink. You did drink. I did drink. I drank for like, for like for two years, maybe? three or four years. I had like that experience with my friends where I would get drunk, and I didn't like getting drunk. I, like, I don't like it. getting drunk either. I drink, and I didn't like the taste of it. Every so. day, I'll have a glass of bourbon, mm-hmm. and yeah, I can get I'm my up, I can up. get my buzz in other ways than alcohol. I, I think alcohol once you once you get that buzz or where I would want to be buzzed, the whole day or the whole night's ruined yeah. after that. Well, it's like, I want to go to sleep and then you wake well, up. Well, that's why you wait till the end of the day yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I work at night. Yeah, I, I, I work yeah, yeah, third you, shift. Right, you yeah. I can say for sure. I, I, you went through a period, right, where you were like... Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, he's uh, like, that's a different pot yeah, altogether. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the last meeting pot. Yeah, 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 right? For real, I just made it out. I never... It was based on me, motherfucker. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, it's been forever since I've done, like, day drinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, define oh, day. Uh, 11 a.m. No. Like, you know, just getting drunk. But if you're watching a football game football or a baseball game in, or New Orleans, beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Or, or coming in from uh, mowing the lawn or something, you know, like an ice cold beer when you come yeah. down from mowing. That's the only time I really uh, mm. have the urge. I haven't had a beer. It'll be 11 months. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. That's awesome. Almost a year coming up. But I'll tell you the one place mowing the lawn is Paul's right. It, the, 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 that just fills something that's missing that water can't do. Yeah. But uh, being out on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Super hot yeah, outside. Yeah, just in the sun and you can chug those salt things. water and ha- submerge it in ice water. Not yeah. ice. <laughs> and not water. Ice water. <laughs> see, what I do is I warm up the ice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicolas Cage did not give a fuck how cold his shit was. <laughs> and he was doing hard whiskey and mm. shit like that. What the, the problem with this and it's what made it so sad that in the middle of doing this, he meets Elizabeth Shue, yeah, who's in such a, a and they bit. hit it off, mm-hmm. and he's too far gone to stop, you yeah. know. And she's just begging him. At some point, they make a deal. At some point, you can live here with me, and we'll we'll have an enjoyable time. But you can, and he looked like right at her. You could never, ever ask me to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. And at that point, what is she going to say? I mean, she says, "Yeah, okay, I I, I agree with that." Yeah. And uh, but they are falling like deeply in love, and so she literally has to, and she does. She asks him, and he's like, "So out of it, I told you not to ask me that type of stuff." But and uh, they end up breaking it off and coming back a couple times. There's a, a horrible uh, rape scene you get to see with uh, I think Julian Sands rapes her, his uh, her pimp, and uh, it elevated her career big time too, Elizabeth Shue, and she was really really great in this. But, I mean, she literally uh, had to just sit there and watch him systematically kill himself. And it was yeah. it was a miserable, sad movie, but it was really great to see 
these actors kind of take it to that next level. I, I, and this, I don't want to get it too far off track, but I did date a girl for like four months until I found out that she got a job working remote just so she could drink and drink and drink and drink. And I remember, <laughs> and I remember like, if we were going to continue to hang out, I said, you got to drink less. And she's like, nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. Who was this? <laughs> I don't want to say, name, say yeah, yeah. Is there something that I you would know who it was? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I don't know no, no. who it was. Oh, it was like La Mancha? <laughs> it was La Mancha, but it wasn't one of the foreign people. It was right, somebody gotcha. <laughs> you can't do the curb early then. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everyone, it's sad, man. Everyone probably out there knows an alcoholic, and it's it's a sad thing once it takes over you, man. It's like any other addiction. It's like once it becomes, once it gets a grip on you that hard, it's almost impossible to get out unless somebody just takes yeah. it away from you and puts you someplace. The problem, uh, yeah, I would, I, tr- I don't drink a lot so that I can continue to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well you gotta said. Do, you got to do it within your limit. Yeah, right. You got to be able to get up for work and feed yeah. the animals. And... All right, let's move on. And this one's a that more, a uh, certainly, movie, uh, it, it, is a, it is a depressing movie Scru- for sure. Scrub, is, scrub this movie. <laughs> well, I'm going to, I'm going to get us right back up there because these next four movies four? Oh, sweet. these next four movies were some of his biggest blockbusters and <laughs> it's, it's when start daydreaming. it's when his star <laughs> it's when his star went so big and, and you it would have to be because of leaving las vegas you know and it's weird that he could have easily gone on after leaving las vegas and done nothing but like oscar nominated think tank type movies <laughs> he tried to and say he did crap no he went on to do action yeah, yeah, yeah. he went on to do yeah, like intense true. action so that's the first the one that's man yeah the first one that kicked that off was 1996 the rock and the rock was so much goddamn fun you remember how great this was when this came out man it still is but when it came out it was like wow this was probably the most action-packed movie up until the year later when one of his next movies came out but this movie had so much goddamn action in it i remember being in the theater being like blown away about how it is so yeah ed harris sean connery uh tony todd it's just so many I famous actors Sean in this Connery's movie. What's that guy's name? Like Bokeem? Bokeem. Yep, Bokeem like, was in it. He was one of the main guy, uh, bad guys there. That crazy white guy. that did Sean that. Beam in this too? No. No. No, this was way before him. Seems like he should have been uh, in this movie. What's his name? David Morse was the oh, right-hand yeah, yeah. guy for, uh, mm-hmm. for Ed Harris. So what you have going on is... There's this crazy, and I love how they <laughs> illustrated this this that toxic gas in the green kind of yeah uh, in the green in ball. the green balls, yeah. man, and they were all strung together like it was this nerve agent, crazy right? thing. Yeah. He's like a, this crazy nerve agent. So he was like the head guy that you got to see at the beginning of the movie where he's uh, he goes in the room and he's yeah. kind of disarming that thing with the other guy who's like freaking out. Yeah, it was really a, a great scene. And then he was like with his wife and yeah, save the world today. Yeah, type of thing. Well, and they something major happens so. What goes on is Ed Harris and his team of ex kind of they were ex mercenaries. Yeah. They they were Marines at one time, yeah. and Ed Harris was their commanding officer. And, and did, these guys hadn't like he kind of like gone crazy. Yeah, he went because, crazy like from losing people and mm-hmm. like wars he didn't. He believe thought the in, kind uh, of. the government what didn't have their best interest in mind, and he just lost his love for the core, but not their uh, but not for the idea of like the camaraderie, uh, the camaraderie, yeah. and the brotherhood. Yeah. And he had such great soldiers around him; they all kind of signed on uh, to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Yeah. So their idea was to. Uh, take Alcatraz, and there was like um, tour groups going on. So they had uh, they had tour groups and people that they could uh, hold hostage and everything. Hostage? And they, that's the worst idea ever. They yeah. try to be a criminal. Yeah, stealing stuff's got to be way easier. Yeah, I don't hostages. know. 
Unless they know of people that have got away with it, because we don't hear of anyone who gets away with it, which we probably should. I mean, human trafficking is a fucking terrible thing that happens all the time. So, yeah. I guess. I mean, but this hostage, is a large scale. I'm talking about taking for demand. Yeah, yeah that's, like that's that's really a bad unless idea. Unless you a political statement. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> well, just don't do that. To make that. it worse, I mean, he has got these the guidance chips and the yeah. missiles and a way of connecting the nerve gas to it, so he literally could destroy all of like and San Francisco and he's Oakland. And, shoot it at the uh, uh, football the, the football game. But yeah. wasn't it wasn't some of the people that worked for him? Weren't they like right before the moment he was going to yeah. do it? They yeah. were like, "We were never going to do it, right?" This yeah, is just yeah. For, they thought it was a bluff. They it was and, a bluff. Except for Tony Todd, who <laughs> yeah. was like, "We're mercenaries. We get fucking paid." Yeah, and he he kind of him and another group kind of fragged from him, Bokeem and the, uh, and the white guy that he ends up putting in his mouth at the end. And, like, yeah. His oh, chin up, man. So awesome. oh, man, that guy was crazy in this movie. So they needed Nicolas Cage there because Nicolas Cage was the expert. But they also need to get him. He's the only one that could disarm the bomb or get rid of the guidance mm-hmm. chips was ultimately what they ended up doing. But they needed to get him into Alcatraz. And the only way to get into Alcatraz, this is where the script gets like, boom, genius, yeah. <laughs> is they need to get the only person who escaped from Alcatraz. And to the point where they're like, no one's escaped from Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah. That, that you know of. Right. Uh, but Sean Connery escaped from Alcatraz. He knew how to get in and out. And uh, he was in like a prison, like uh, the Tower of London, like, they they had been he had been forgot for de- left for dead when they came uh, to him with the idea, but he soon realizes that he has some worth here. Yeah, I love when he's up getting his haircut. Uh, remember, he throws John Spencer over the fucking uh, yeah, over the railing, right. man. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Who is so great? And uh, a lot of this movie, the fun stuff in this movie, just came between Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. Oh like, yeah. When they're when they initially have to go into that flame yeah, thing that's what and I was they just had to time of. themselves and when to go in. Yeah. You're like, holy crap, man. That, that was the fun stuff about this movie. It was just challenge after challenge after challenge. But a lot of the good stuff was when Michael Behan was part of the uh, team right. that was gonna infiltrate the uh, the rock and that moment where they all came into that room at the same time mm-hmm. and Ed Harris's man's men were up above they and they the had just ground. come they had just come up through the thing and Sean Connery had gone one way he, he was like that's not where we should be going I'm going another way and Nicholas Cage decided to stay with the group but Nicholas Cage hadn't popped his head out of the uh, like that little hole from the sewer yet so he literally heard and saw all the like Navy SEALs get slaughtered. Yeah. But I love when it came to a head where where Ed Harris is like, we have you at an elevated position, we will kill you. Yeah. And that's what they do. They just yeah. slaughter all of them. And at that point, I mean, as the guys, you're like, all right, we've just murdered <laughs> an yeah. elite team, so there's no coming back from this now right. and everything. But was there any particular scenes that you loved from The Rock? I mean, honestly, the, the one where they break in, you know, because they have to do the timing, like yeah. you were saying. And, uh, you know, the scene that I really like, I guess it's at the end, is where he's popped the smoke oh, and yeah. he's standing there. That, with, that, that's an intense 10 F-16 minutes. 16 right goes there. over or whatever. They were like, very similar to. They were to, about to cluster bomb the place. Right? Yeah. 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 And it was very similar to, like, uh, Outbreak. You know, oh, at the yeah. end where yeah. it was like yeah. super intense, but this time they got it off, but he had like pulled up just in time mm-hmm. because they had a thing that like you got to have like, was it green smoke? Green or, smoke, yeah. He says, if there's green smoke, we know that you've kind of disarmed the bomb and everything. Yeah. But he ends up getting, uh, uh, the nerve agent goes on him. So he has to inject himself in the chest. Oh, with that's the fucking right. needle. Yeah. Remember he oh, sits man. there and injects himself in the chest. Ooh, I forgot He's about like, that. I am not sticking this in my chest. He yeah. says, you, you will if you want to live. Yeah. And so... That whole ten oof, minutes oof. where the music. <laughs> this I was, would do it too, but. Oh. 
I don't. I'm not sure who Pulp did the fiction on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who did the music for this movie, but the music was a character in this movie, man. Mm. It was intense and it kept it pumped up, and you kept amped through the whole movie. That that's what made that last ten, ten minutes really, really good. That's definitely yeah. a sign of a good action movie, yep. is to you know you nail that the music. music that comes along yep. the way. You na- you show Lord people of the Rings stuff that comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I, seen it now. I've so. actually seen all of those. <laughs> try, try something else, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You should say The Hobbit. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you Plague got dog. Me. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> uh, all right, so the next one, and this is the kind of the forepeat of his uh, his big budget movies, like I said. And this was another one where it just took it up to the next level. This one had an absolutely ridiculous script to it, but it was so much goddamn fun and ingenious and well cast that no one watching it even gave a shit. Was 97's Con Air? Oh yeah, Con Air was so great, man. Dude, I oh, one of my favorite. Book. I I love this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I loved this movie, but for some reason, I hated his fucking accent oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Like, Put the bunny in the box. <laughs> it, it was like, yeah, it was like almost Forrest Gump-like, you know? But the movie was great. Danny Trejo was in it. Oh, um, man. You can, wasn't he Johnny 99 or something like Johnny that? Johnny 26. He said, yeah, they'd call the, me Johnny 600 if they knew the, that's uh, the truth. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> uh, great actors. So you got John Malkovich as the main Cyrus oh, yeah. the Virus. yeah. And, and had that great moment, you know, where John Cusack is is talking to the DEA guy, the, the guy who ran the railroad in uh, Hell on Wheels, mm-hmm. and he's telling him as the prisoners are getting off the, the bus, he's like, this is Cyrus the Virus, he's killed this many people, that yeah. many people. It's just so much fun that they could do this roll call. Mm-hmm. And one was Ving Rames, and Ving Rames did his thing. Yeah. You had the... Uh, the big white guy with the beard from Training Day that was mm-hmm. on his crew. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you fine with that? Oh, I'm very fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was one of them. Uh, later on, they picked up Steve Buscemi. He was Redford, uh, right? Also an unusual usual No, suspect. that was a different guy. Different uh, guy. This guy was huge. This guy was jacked. Steve Buscemi's character was fucked up oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He when was like basically Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. yeah, when he was sitting there singing the whole world yeah, in his hands with the little girl. In my hands. Oh, and the little girl playing with the <laughs> doll. Yeah, when like, he found her. Oh, man. But uh, Creepy. Nicolas Cage, he was, they showed his backstory at the very beginning of the movie. He was an ex-ranger who had just gotten a fight at the bar, killed a guy, had to serve time. Yeah. And uh, he served his time. That jumps forward. He's getting out on parole. Him and uh, Bubba Gump are both getting out uh, his his best friend. Yeah. And uh, they've who's established early who's, right? who's diabetic. Yeah. Yep. So they get on the flight together and they're just hitching a ride yeah. with these other scumbags. And these guys are scumbags mm-hmm. to the highest degree. You know who else was in this? Uh, who Tom was amazing Sizemore in this? Was uh, Dave Chappelle. Was Dave Chappelle that's in this? Right. Oh, that's right. He was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well. He's the one who set the Indian guy on fire. Oh, shit. That's <laughs> He's like, right. He's you come out all right on this, I hope you don't hold a grudge, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sets him on fire. Wasn't Remember, he ends Tom up getting Sizemore stuck in, in the. Too, uh, who's this? Tom no, Sizemore? Not no. in this one, no. Maybe that was Passenger 57. That's Maybe. another plane Maybe. movie. That is yeah. another plane movie. <laughs> <laughs> snakes on a plane. Snakes yeah. on a plane. I have had it with these motherfucking snakes. That's it. So what happens is the shortly on, yeah, Dave Chappelle uh, sets the guy next to him on fire, it causes this distraction. They unhook David Chappelle. It's this whole script is ridiculous. It's all predicated on one thing. If it did not work right, like if they didn't unhook David Chappelle and put him over to the right, and they put him over to the left, it yeah, never would have happened, right. you know. But they did, and then he got the keys from uh, the girl from falling down that uh, Rachel. She was the uh, the dark haired girl from yeah. Total Recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she played one of the guards that uh, a machete had his eye on, like the whole thing. Too, yeah, where they had it out, where uh, 
John Malkovich has a great line. He's like, if if your dick comes out of your pants, you will come out of this airplane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Malkovich and, was great. Oh, in this this one was too. one of the first times we got to see him go full Mal- yeah. Malkovich. Yeah. And he was like in t- tense as this. Remember, MC Ganey came in as the pilot. They decided to kill the pilot. And MC Ganey, that really big guy, uh, came in to fly the plane. Uh so they they take the plane, but they decide to still stop in Carson City and uh, <clears throat> and get more prisoners come on. That's where they get MC Ganey and where they get Steve Buscemi and everything, and they let some people off. And that was a fun part where they realized that they had to release five people. Yeah. But during the incursion, they had killed three of the white guys. So they needed three white guys that they would just put the uh, – they used guards. They yeah. put uh, like masks or uh, tape over their mm-hmm. mouths and uh, just got out of the planes and uh, – Put their uniforms on, so the prisoners were were dressed as guards and released them. And Nicolas Cage tried to get uh, that like audio recording off the plane of it happening, so he stuck it on the guards' thing. (laughs) But uh, and John Cusack's character, uh, he was the air marshal. Yeah, he was like the air marshal who figured out what was going on as they took the plane, and he had to kind of get to the places before them to stop it. But the action just became ridiculous after a while. Fun, but yeah. ridiculous. Well, it just kept going further and further. Remember and when they were off the plane and they're, now they're on the fire engine going down uh, the yeah. strip? And, well, and they were in, they ended up in Vegas too, right? Uh, They've done a lot of Vegas yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, where they were on the thing. And then I think it crashed. even it didn't it even go on to a, uh, uh, a boat after that. I think it I, went on to like a boat it, chase it after have. that too, man. Yeah, it was intense. It, it was like this movie's not going to end. It's just keep going and going and going. But it was such an intense action movie that you didn't really even care. But yeah, I love Steve Buscemi in it. Yeah, he was fucking great. Favorite scene from Con Air? You have one? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like the whole movie. Yeah, no. I, I, I love it all. Smile, my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the watching the plan unfold yeah. was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, just that scene you with get Steve Buscemi. Speaking of things like getting ridiculous, and uh, I love this movie though, and this was John Woo's 1997 Face Off. <sighs> I want to take his face off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And what I liked about this, the script was also what I, too. I'll tell you what I liked <laughs> yeah, about it, it and what I what I didn't like about it. Nothing was better for me to see Nick Cage going full Cage. Where where it went down slightly for me, not much as that I would didn't like the movie is. I don't much care for seeing John Travolta do his Nick Cage impression. Yeah, you know of going crazy. I'd rather see Nick Cage go crazy than John Travolta. Yeah, so I can see that. That stuff when you got to see Travolta. Travolta didn't do a bad job. Though. No, I he did, was... but he he did play he, it over the top. But he's only as good as he is, and and I think he, I, I think he reached his range. My problem with Travolta, I think Travolta would have went down in history as one of the best character actors fucking ever. And uh, for some just, reason, some reason people put him in starring roles, and I don't think he's good enough of to his pull Grease that off. Fame, that people yeah. remember him from Grease and Stay Alive, Sad Night Fever, and Stay Alive. And he he'll always have. I mean, they're his fans of those movies are dying as we speak. <laughs> but if you think of him in like Pulp Fiction, he was great in Pulp Fiction because he was just another mm-hmm. actor in yeah. that film. Yeah. He, he has the ability to be that great, but I don't like him in these starring roles. And he doesn't the do many The greatest thing I've anymore. seen him in is that uh, OJ story. He played... Uh, oh, yeah. He played Shapiro. He, yeah, he was good in that. And, he was awesome. And I, and I like to say he's not good in movies. I liked him in Savages as the kind of crooked DEA oh, agent. Yeah. I, I think that's the type of stuff he does uh, what was really that well. Movie where he played an alien, uh, an alien. Yeah, 
Hmm. See, it was I know that, the I know the angel one was Michael. Was there an animated cat in that one, dude. <laughs> 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 Look who's talking. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> no, there was one where he, <laughs> Yeah, there was one where he played an alien. Yeah, like it was an. Alien it wasn't race. Michael, but it was around that same time because Michael he was the angel, uh, and he came down. Yeah. Oh, Michael was pretty. Decent. Is it the phenomenon? Mm. When he had the abilities, he could do stuff, and Forrest Whitaker was in it. No. Well, screw him. He he. He's not the focus. You of this. suck. Yeah. You suck, John. Let's talk about Nick Cage. Uh, <laughs> Although John only lives thirty minutes from us. Yeah, his 45. plane could land here any moment. <laughs> Shit, is I that him? So. Yeah, right. I'll change my tune real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I loved you, Vinny Barbarino. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mr. Cotton. Mr. Uh, but Nicholas Cage at Face Off was awesome, and this wasn't a really. Some might say horrible, but some might say ingenious script because obviously we're talking sci-fi. <laughs> we're probably talk- somewhere in the middle. Well, if good. we're talking sci-fi, I have no problem mm. with uh, them making stuff yeah. up that they can't possibly do yet. But I thought it was really clever how they uh, literally were going to. So you've got the worst horrible criminal played by Nick Cage, and he was very like you Caster didn't even Caster Troy, man. Yeah. You didn't give a shit about him. Remember he's that scene on the airplane that was really great where he tells that uh, woman he could eat the peach oh, for hours. Yeah. She turns into like a DEH and shooting at his ass. Oh, that's and right. Yeah. thing was great. And so they end up uh, taking down friggin' Nicolas Cage, but not before he plants a huge bomb. Remember he's dressed like the priest and yeah. he's dancing and he's coming up to that girl. He, it, they let him just go full Cage in this movie, man. Yeah. Do whatever the hell he wants. You could tell that he brought a lot of the shit to this character. But remember, he gets arrested and uh, they end up. He ends up being in a coma, and uh, they know that he knows. Uh, where the bombs have been set, and he's not right. going to say anything. The only guy who's going to say something is his brother. Right. So they come up with an ingenious idea. Why don't you tell us a little bit what they come yeah. up with? So they now have the ability to do a face transplant. <laughs> and so because he's in a coma, they go ahead and, and John Travolta switches faces with him. They have they and have they, rules for, like, we're going to give you liposuction. Yeah, we're they're going to make him look exactly the same. They change his voice, you know, so that he sounds exactly like him. Such a like cheap, him. cheap thing to do after you just show that fake face. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, but, you know, and so what he has to do is he has to go and get his brother to tell him where the uh, explosives are. Um, but, dude, I love when Nicolas Cage wakes up without his face. Oh. God, oh, it's such a cool. Wait, he's scene. sitting there like, uh, like Jack Nicholson. They only show it for just a, a yeah in the know. in the reflections of the guy's glasses. Yeah, Re- like. uh, but remember, he he almost was very similar to like uh, Jack Nicholson from Batman when he had just become the Joker, and uh-huh. you only saw him in the shadows. Yeah, and you know whatever his face is doing is really fucked up. Yeah, and they only briefly show it, and it was it was really great. Yeah. He's smoking a cigarette, and he's like they show glimpses of it here and there, and it was fun, man. But I love the stuff in prison because what he has to do what. Travolta's character as Nicolas Cage has to do is they have to put him into this max prison yeah. and not they have tell the him. boots on the floor. Yep, the yeah. magnetic boots yeah. on the floor. So they control the whole area. And the head warden is uh, John Carroll Lynch. Oh, that's uh, right. And he's Who's really he? great, the uh, Zodiac killer. Oh, nice. Uh, he was really great in this. And a uh, bunch of different stars. Thomas Jane was one of the other mm-hmm. uh, prisoners in this movie. And uh, I want to say there's another really famous guy in that prison, too. I can't think of it. But. So he finds out basically works works it around, and his brother reveals where the kind of uh, what do you call it explosives are are and everything. But before he can get out, uh, because he's like, well, they outside they know I'm in here. They'll grab me out right when they need to. Before that happens, Nicolas Cage wakes up and makes the doctors 
put John Travolta's face on his face, right? And then kills they still it. have his. Yeah, face. They still have his face it's just yeah. sitting there. It's man. Just it's just waiting, man. It's waiting for him to come back. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to keep that. Yeah. face. Forever. And remember, this is the it's only. Not doing anything. This right is now. the only doctor who knows how to do this yeah. now. You know? Nobody's been uh, watching him prepare for this. Yeah, class. absolutely. It's brand new tech. But so they they burn those doctors alive. Alfred yeah. Woodard was one of them, and uh, no, uh, CCH Pounder was mm. one of the other. Uh, uh, the doctors or the uh, policemen yeah, that know about it. Fame. Yep, from Shield Frame, she was great. Uh, so the, he burned them alive, and then came in there and told them how he's gonna. You're never getting out of here, and I'm gonna go home. And I'm gonna fuck your wife, and this and that. And you got a daughter, don't you have a daughter? Yeah. Uh. And uh, man, there was some weird scenes where you get to see him dealing with the home life. Uh, Joan yeah. Allen was the was his wife, and she she didn't realize it wasn't him. They j- right. she just thought, oh, maybe he's going through a midlife crisis. And right. He's, and he he's, gives the daughter. He's having the sex knife. a completely different way, and his uh, his. Very strange. Remember the scene where he walks in on the uh, his daughter, not his daughter, but right, yeah. she thinks it's his, her father, right. and she's just wearing her underwear in her room, and he walks in and gets really close to her and takes a cigarette and smokes it and That's allows right. her yeah. to smoke, and yeah, gives her the knife at the end and shows her how to twist the knife, which yeah. comes back to bite him in the ass yep. at the end of the movie. But uh, it was fun, man. I love the stuff with the... Where Nicolas Cage goes and finds his old crew, the the bald headed guy who had the kid with Gina Gershon. Oh yeah, that uh, is and a they good had that scene. great scene where they're like doing the very John Woo scene, lots of guns in all John Woo's movies. So it's a very shootout type of Unlimited movie and everything. Bullets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, bullets it's my free. favorite cheat code. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I do remember that scene and like. Doesn't she end? She ends up dying. They play or somewhere over the rainbow while the while the big thing is going. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. She ends up dying. Yeah, but then they end up taking his kid. Remember uh, at the very end of the movie? Spoiler alert: uh, <laughs> Travolta gets his face back on his body again. Uh, the Travolta had been such an asshole through the whole movie. It just kind of didn't even sit well that he was uh, that he was now made back it back, with back, his to fam- himself. back to himself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You had to really. It, Think that, about it when you're watching it that this isn't actually Travolta. I liked it at the end when they crashed the boat and it fucked That's the up. one that ended with a boat. It, yeah, it wasn't uh it wasn't the rock. Or oh. uh Connor. Connor. Yeah. Oh. Um yeah, and like once they uh you know, once they hit the ground or whatever their their voice rec- or you know, their yeah, the way they, they sound switches back. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a cool little it's scene. Such a there. great movie, man. All right, and the fourth one of his kind of action movies, but this was a little bit more tame. This one he was working with a seriously high-end director, too. And uh, I know uh, it was one me and Dave used to watch back in the day a lot, too, when I had it on uh, uh, DVD initially, was 1998 Snake Eyes. This is the great Brian De Palma, man. Now, this was such a great movie, man. This is such a I great mystery that movie. I've seen this one. This is the boxing movie. And he plays a very crazy kind of flamboyant flamboyant promoter mm-hmm. is that what it was no he was a cop he was the cop that's right but he was kind of he was famous a detective and, in, in las vegas yeah but he was super famous everyone loved him and everything he was but a he gambler was, too i think he was what i think he was a gambler too oh yeah yeah but he was very flamboyant and he was going to be at this big huge prize fight event and everything and uh i loved it well, a lot of it reminded me of that vantage point. You ever seen that vantage point with uh, Dennis Quaid where someone's assassinated at the beginning and they have to piece together this person was connected yeah, that way yeah. and they're looking back at the footage Forrest and everything. Yeah. In it. yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, this was kind of the, 
what was great about this because you've got Brian De Palma who's crazy about his long dolly shots and everything. And I love the scene where he initially goes into that's the, the opening scene. The opening scene. He just it's comes like in five minutes of no no cut. Yep, and it's just him walking around talking to people, you know, establishing characters here and there. Uh, Carla Gugino is great in this yeah. as the woman that was. They next. go back to it later. Oh yeah, they like, they can show it from different. It was very cool. It was really cool. Y- you got to see it play out real quick. The, and but then they because it's a mystery movie and a Gary lot Sinise. of it Gary Sinise was really great in this and uh, all the stuff that they get to watch on camera which was really cool where they had to pinpoint this woman was actually talking to him at this point and then went over there so it was such a fabulous fabulous yeah. kind of mystery movie that was unfolding because we basically knew what Nicolas Cage knew you know but he was such a great cop that he could kind of develop this whole thing to show us that this was a big conspiracy going on well they on. hid Spoiler alert on this one, but they hid Gary Sinise's involvement for a while. Yeah, because he was. To be honest with you, I rewatched the trailer recently, and they really make it look like Gary Sinise had something to do with really? it, which he did. Uh, he did. Alert. Yeah, but uh, and you could kind of see it coming. It wasn't. It was kind of like in the time period where, like, oh, your friend uh, that you haven't seen through half the movie might be involved in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it was kind of like old school kind of. Mystery, it was a but, good plot, but it was good. I, I love how it played out, and you realize the boxer was in on yeah, it. He, he had to take. He had to take, take a fall because they had a shot from above. You could tell that it was like a phantom punch that he went down off, and he didn't oh, even really? get hit by it. Well, oh, wow. also Cage was crouching down during the firing, mm-hmm. and instead of looking around, he looked right at the boxer. Remember, yeah, and the boxer like who was supposed to have just been knocked out, yeah. like looked up and looked around. Yeah, like this. he heard the shot. Yeah, yeah, he heard the shot ring out. So oh, wow. he knew. He went. He but immediately he, went into his room yeah. after the mm-hmm. investigation or started, and he was like, you got to tell me what's going on here because I, I know. Sign this for my kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was so fun. And you got to see him play kind of like out there crazy because he was very, uh, I don't know, how would you describe Nicolas Cage's character in this movie? Crazy, yeah, <laughs> crazy yeah. out there, out there. Crazy. But he was—I mean, he was a cop. He, and he was, was a good cop. He, it was almost like he was on speed. Yeah, it was. I guess it was. He cocaine. was very speedy. Like he was a mile a minute. But they, they thought. Remember, I thought for him. they think that they could have bought him at some point. Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. and that he wasn't going to do it. Man. They probably could have at some point. And what was great is with Gary Sinise is like pleading with him at the end. He's like, "You've turned your eyes on so many stuff." He's like, "Yep." Not on this. He's like, I'm not going to turn in. I'm not going to fucking uh, back you up on this one. Would so. they shoot a senator? Yeah, a I think that's what it was. Because remember, Carla Gugino was, her only job was to go down there and talk to him and everything. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a wig, and they found her later on, and they kind of he talked to her. It was it was a great movie, man. It was a good De Palma movie in like a time period where he had stopped doing a whole yeah. hell of a lot of movies. All one location. Yep. Just that super dope. That, yep, it was and right it in was the hotel. It was supposed to be in New Orleans. Oh, is that where it was? Well, that was... Remember they were having a hurricane mm. at the time? Oh, that's right. That's right. Outside, that, yep. That guy doing the news outside, it was like shit blowing around in the background. It was awesome, man. Very stylistic. Very cool. Uh, if you like De Palma, it was stayed yeah. in line. with Very, very De Palma. All right, the next one, and Dave just watched it, so he's very familiar with this. Maybe. We can have him tell us a little bit about this. I watched it back in the day uh, several times. This was the great Joel Schumacher did this movie, and this was 1999's 8mm. This is a freaky fucking movie. <laughs> it had some. It had some. I and Dave thought I avoided it for a long time, not you, for any reason other than you heard it was fucked up. I heard it was fucked up, but you desensitized. In 1999, if you watched this, I think you would be less desensitized to what it was. Because yeah. I think, even, well, then again, even in 99, they pimped this movie out like it was hor- like there was some horrible stuff they were going to show, and the subject matter was horrible. That's the thing. But it's they didn't the show sub- anything. Yeah, no, it's the subject. They did matter. show the subject a lot matter was of dark. like. They showed a lot of uh, 
sadomasochistic yeah, yeah. like clips from clips. movies when he was watching them and they so yeah. the imagery was really it was his really, reaction to it was like they were cutting body parts off and shit like that yeah. what they were sh- showing yeah. and it wasn't uh, it was horrible but it wasn't that mm-hmm. if I had known Joaquin Phoenix was yeah, in it you would have watched it earlier I watched it earlier he was great in it too yeah, yeah. wow I don't even remember so, him being in that oh yeah he, he was, was the guy that was kind of, of star, he was in the so, underbelly of that kind he of he helped oh, him wow. get the snuff connection to yeah. the snuff films huh. he worked at the like porn store porn store yeah uh-huh. he took him to New York so tell us break down what's actually going on Nate Miller so, so he's a cop he's a private investigator private investigator he helps the senator out at the beginning so you know he's his senator wanted to do like a background check on the guy that's going to marry your daughter and he yeah. catches him cheating on the senator's daughter. So the senator, you know, thanks him. And then he gets invited to come to the home of um, a wheelchair bound old lady, yeah. like a billionaire. It's very and, similar in a, in a way. It's kind of similar as a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo, you know? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, it kind of had that. This happened yeah. generations ago. Yeah. I need you to mm-hmm. figure this out and make sense of it yeah. all. Yeah, they got into. The, you could tell she so didn't. She had no clue. She was a recent widow. Her yeah. her husband, who was in his eighties or whatever, died. Yeah, and they were wrapping his affairs. Shady shit. Yeah, he was into some shady shit. They yeah. opened his. They opened his safe. Uh-huh. They found cash and stock and bond. They found an eight millimeter film of what looked like a girl being uh, beaten and killed. Very mm-hmm. young girl. Yeah. yeah, and so the old lady is like. I need to know if this is real or not. So she hires Nicolas Cage, who's the private investigator, to go. He's really out of his depth. He is. I mean, it, this is above yeah. what he's used to. Used he's to, used to yeah. like real because low level stuff. You could tell when he watched the film for the first time; it was genuinely disturbed. He didn't expect by it. to see it. Yeah. Right. So they he wanted to see whether it was fake or not, mm-hmm. and so basically starts with trying to find the girl. And he didn't even know that this kind of the stuff snuff even film exists. even existed. Yeah. That's when that's what was great about the Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. character. He's, he's like, this is going on. Freaking My favorite man. line in the whole movie is, is Nicolas Cage goes in and buys $75 worth of like porno mags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the counter and Joaquin Phoenix is like, can I interest you in a pocket vi- vagina or electric <laughs> vagina? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> so, some of the disturbing stuff is when we actually get... What was his name? Machine? Machine. machine. Oh, yeah. And, and Peter Stamari. Was, right? Yeah. Peter Stamari was the other guy. But you know who the machine yeah, was, Yeah, right? who was it? I, I know, but I won't... I don't remember it until you tell me. <sighs> and it just yeah. left my mind. It just left my mind. I know no, he's uh, Sabatka from oh, yeah. The Wire. Which is weird because there's another movie... Uh, no, uh, Face Off. Remember in Face Off when they're uh, they're both they're gonna electrocute him and they know that yeah, he's gonna yeah. take his mm-hmm. boots off and he tells that other guy on the ground who they had just shocked mm-hmm. to get up and help him and he escapes with that guy. That's also Sabaka. Oh, is it? Yeah, really is good. It Chris Bauer. Was Sounds that, right. Was yeah. that machine? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. he was great. He in was on the wire. That is fun. that what's his name? For Norman Reedus is in this. Yeah, yeah. he was in. He was Shit. like a pathologist or something. Wow, I didn't know Norman Reedus. I he must have looked young I, in this. I movie, pointed man. out last wow. night. When I was it's watching. It's Daryl. I was like this Walking Dead dude. Yeah. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that kind of the end sequence where it was just uncomfortable and they brought and not uh, Peter Stamari's with his crossbow and shit. Yeah, Peter Stamari is great in this, and they killed Joaquin, right? Like, I can't remember. I, they I put a knife to his throat and you never saw him again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm assuming he died. Yeah. Probably. And but it, it was such a flash that you were there was so much going on in the scene it was weird. But he um, we got kittens running amok. <laughs> muck, muck, muck. <laughs> <laughs> so they who was the who was the guy that arranged the 
the actor guy in the suit. About? Yeah. Oh man, he, I'd have to. Justin has pull him up because up. he's in a bunch of great things. And as soon as I see see his name, I'll let you know. You yeah. guys talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I, I just I remember Anthony Harold. Oh, let me see his face. He's the bottom. Oh yeah, that's the uh, the guy from Silence of the Lambs. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, the yeah. from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's in a lot of stuff. He was great yeah. too. Yeah, I just I at the end there when uh, Stamari is getting you know he's just about to die and he's just like, kill the machine. Kill them all. Like, yeah. oh, dude, yeah. that was just like... Like, he didn't even care he was dying. He just wished it was a memory. He was like, I wish it was a more cinematic way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, man. Yeah. It was it dark. Was it was a great dark I like that they didn't... Like, he wanted to know why. Yeah. And, and, like, his answer from the guy from that I just... Sounds like... Yeah, yeah. That he was like... Because he can, yeah. Like, there's no other deeper meaning. Like, why yeah. did the rich guy do it? Because he can. Yeah. Why, and the machine, they were like, "Why'd you do it?" And he remember he just, yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm just, I'm, yeah, say And they're like, there was no deeper Illuminati, which is scary. It's almost yeah. even scarier. Yeah. yeah, and the idea that he would have to come back and tell that old lady that. I mean, you might as well you just can, tell her it's fake. I don't. Well, did they he, even go into that? No, he yeah. told the la- old lady, and the old lady committed suicide. Yeah, oh. and right. See, at that point, you might as well have just said, as fake. Nick Cage, you just killed that old lady. I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's messed up. <laughs> well, this was the same year, 99, that another fabulous movie came out. So he's worked from... I mean, it's weird that he's gone from, like, Jerry Bruckheimer... Uh, not, uh, I guess you would... Uh, who did Con Air? Was it Jerry Bruckheimer, or was it uh, the... The dumbass from uh, Michael, Bay. yeah, Michael Bay. Bay. I think it was Michael Bay. But then you look they, at some of these turns. Yeah, to that yeah. movie. Well, Bruckheimer's the producer. Uh, but Face Off was John Woo. Then uh, Snake Eyes uh, was Brian De Palma. Then he went to work with Joel Schumacher. And this next movie went to work with Martin Scorsese. And that's the fabulous 1999's Bringing Out the Dead. It's yeah. one of my favorite. Nicholas Cage movies, man. This is a, a, Such a great fun a flick, fun man. journey. And it shouldn't be as fun as uh, what the subject matter is. Because, the I mean, Oasis. Yeah, man. There's so <laughs> many great fun stuff in this movie. Because you've got... I mean, you've got Nicholas Cage playing like a burned out ambulance driver. Like he's been doing... favorite it. line in the, of any movie. Um, yeah. what? So you, you promised me you, you were going to fire me. I'll fire you tomorrow. I'll buy you tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, man, he was so great. That guy, yeah, that guy from uh, Copland was great. Uh, yeah, I love this, and it was you're basically you're you're looking at Nicolas Cage's life as an ambulance driver and how burned out he is and how horrible the city is, and you get to see him interacting with three other ambulance drivers through the whole movie: uh, John Goodman, Tom Sizemore, and shit, Ving Rhames. Ving Rhames. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, everyone who sees performance goes, by, was crazy. Uh, by uh, that Roseanne Arquette. No, the singer. Oh, Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony was great. Awesome. In this movie, he man. played that crazy guy that would run. He needed the water. Oh yeah, he needed, needed to water. drink water. Yeah. You drink any more water, you'll you, die. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So crazy. I love how chaotic some of the, especially the stuff at the. Tom Sizemore wanted to beat his ass. Remember, yeah. he came around back with the baseball. Hell yeah. Bat? Tom Sizemore was crazy. You had that one woman at the admitting thing. Don't even stop. Take him all the way into the back. Yeah. And then you have. Uh, the, you know, the guard at the front. Don't make me take my sunglasses off. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's scene When they bring, they wheel the stinky man in. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, also, I love where uh, Ving Rhames uh, <laughs> has everybody pray. Yeah, yeah. And they give I him be the shot. Bang. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Rise up. Uh, yeah. I be banging. <laughs> oh, you guys are good. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, that's oh serious. man, yeah, like, the stuff at the, the oasis. Stuff at the oasis with the guy. But my from favorite Training scene Day. is when when they that has a hold up later on, and the the big guy. You don't even see it. You don't, you don't see the hold up. You, you don't just see the, the hold up. You just see the aftermath. Yeah. And the guys on the balcony blow with broken legs, the bodyguard. Yeah. But then you see the other dude from Training Day. From Training Day, hanging from the wrought iron fence. Oh, like I love several his stories up. I watch my weight, and look what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they got they to have the blowtorch that yeah. the iron rod oh, thing off. I, his I side, thought man. that was going to seem a lot more painful to him than it did. I think they. Like, I think he had already been like had happened, and he out. was in yeah. shock. Give me my morphine. They yeah. may have given him something morphine already the too. Better. He did react how hot it was getting though, and I thought that was uh, realistic. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah. man, I'm wondering, I, I, knowing Scorsese, this was probably based off. Of it is someone's. A no, it's a true story. Okay. The yeah. uh, there was a book. This is based on the book about the actual guy that was Nicolas Cage, who all this stuff happened. I to. can totally see the Wild West yeah. back then. He was young too. Whoever enough, wrote this. I mean, think of all the crime in New York City, and they probably were understaffed. I mean, yeah, and oh, he was yeah. just either. And remember, the accident he, they had was realistic as hell. Oh yeah, that ambulance crash. Oh yeah, yeah that, that was creative like angle when he yeah. shot it when he turned it and shot it up. But yeah, because what he was going through this whole thing is he had gone a long time without actually saving somebody, so he had lost like three or four right. patients. And so, that girl was uh, following him around. Yeah, and he kept seeing like, it. Yeah, hood, that's where the girl my in the hoodie. Yeah, the girl. Yeah, in the hoodie. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was an amazing, amazing movie. It was one of those Martin Scorsese movies that people will watch and not realize it's Martin Scorsese. Because other than the music, the music is very Scorsese in the movie. But other than that, and the New York, the New York element, I guess, was too. But if you're uh, if you're looking at, it's kind of a lower scale than what he's used to doing. I mean, he's used to doing Gang of New York and Goodfellas. And- Dude, like I said when I first saw this, I, I really thought it was going to end up with him just like being in hell or yeah. something like that. Like, and there was just no escaping it. And I, you that know, would have been a downer of a movie. It was like, <laughs> yeah, like, Oh my gosh. I mean, they got to deal with some sort of redemption. <laughs> yeah. And you had to deal with the Rosanna Arquette character because they kind of integrated in each other's lives because he was trying to save his, uh, the dad and the dad was dying. And yeah, it was, it was great though. But the dad kept talking to him. Yeah, and kept him talking. Go, like, yep. all right, this next one, two thousands, man, we are uh, this movie came out in 2000. This was a fun movie. I was going to the movies a lot at this time and hanging out with a, a great group of uh, people. And we all loved this movie. We used to play it at my house all the time. Was 2000's Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, hell yeah, God, dude. man, this is such a great movie, man. That was a good cast, too. Yeah, that cast. Let's talk some cast here. So we've got Nick Nicolas Cage, Cage Angelina Angelina Jolie, Jolie um, Will Patton, yep, and uh, Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall, yeah. With the blonde hair. The one the, that tells the story about the... The Stranger. The Stranger. Oh, that's Scott Conn. Yeah. That's James Conn's son. Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi plays the brother. You've got uh, Vinnie Jones, mm-hmm. who didn't say a word until the end, uh, through the whole movie. Uh, who else? I'm trying to get it here. Damn, who else was with uh, Scott Conn? There was someone else with Scott Conn that was really good. Um, I can't think of it. Uh, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo was great yeah. as the cop in this was band. The oh, guy? Timothy Alfat was the, the other guy. cop. He was... A- well, who no, the, the bad, bad guy, guy was the guy from uh, Shallow Grave. The one, the one who also played Destro. Made wood furniture. Or something yeah, like the carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, that was the guy from Twenty Eight Days Later. Michael the, Pena. Uh, Michael Pena. Yeah, yeah, super like small, small scene in this. I noticed because I watched this recently. But uh, yeah, the bad guy from Twenty Eight Days Later, the head of the military, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was the yeah, bad yeah, guy yeah. in this. But uh, Christopher Eccleston or something like Sounds that. I think right. his name. Uh, 
He's amazing. Uh, do you remember Shallow Grave with yes. him in it? He was mm-hmm. the one who went in the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Man, he was really good. He played Destro. Not a good G.I. Joe movie, but he was he was good in it. This movie had a great screenplay. I mean, just I love that they fun. When, yeah, it, it was, was fun, man. Fun. When you could give these people a task and you get these the best people at that, yeah. and it was just a whole bunch of anti-heroes that you're rooting for to do it. Because what it kind of centered around is you have the one fucked up brother, played by Giovanni Ribisi, who's getting in the business of stealing cars. Nicolas Cage is already out of the business of stealing yeah, he cars. Was, he was in prison when the movie started, right? No, when he was he was teaching little kids, remember, around the track how to uh, drive cars? Oh, I thought uh, he was getting out of prison. No, he had been out for a while. He okay. had established a life where he probably shouldn't go back to do this, and he wouldn't if his brother wasn't in trouble. Yeah. But his fuck-up brother... Uh, Fucked up. Fucked up. And uh, <laughs> screwed over the head mobster, and they like literally promised were, him a bunch of shit he uh, couldn't do or something. Yeah, a whole bunch of cars he, he couldn't uh, deliver and everything. Remember, they put him in a car and stuck him in that yeah. press, and, the, and the, they were going to, like, oh, they were going right. to yeah. squish him, and they brought fucking Nicolas Cage out there, and he says, all right, your brother owes me such and such. Uh, yeah, I tried I to catch a cat. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was something like... 50 cars. 50, is that what yep. it was? 50 oh cars God, in like uh, 48, hours, 48 hours, I think it sounds right. Yeah. And some and of them were pretty exotic. All of them. Oh, yeah. All of like, them were like intense. If you're a car Unicorn. buff, this is, if you look up you've on, already seen this movie. And probably. this isn't like Fast and the Furious. This is like actual amazing, you know, Ferraris cars. And, yeah, yeah, Ferraris, and, Shelby Cobras, yep. you know what I mean? Like... Uh, the Hemi Cuda was the big one. Yeah. If you pull up IMDb's... What's the one they drove out of this? Oh, that was like the, the Lamborghini. Um, the Lamborghini. Oh, okay. The yellow Lamborghini, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Because I know that the, the main car was a Shelby. Yeah, that was his yeah. car. That was yeah. uh, Eleanor. 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 Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was the one they left to last because it always was a problem stealing that car for some reason. But <laughs> what was great about it is... Uh, well, and I was going like to say, if you this. go to IMDb, yeah. go to IMDb and check out the trivia... And uh, they'll they list the fifty cars oh, wow. that someone oh, went really? to the trouble of actually listing every car that they stole because remember they had it on the big board. That I was, wonder how many of them uh, Jay Leno has. Phew. Yeah, between a lot. him and Seinfeld, probably yeah. all of them. Seinfeld's yeah. got all Porsches though. Ferraris. Yeah. I thought it was Porsches. Uh, I'm pretty know. sure it's Porsches. He Maybe. has. A, he loves because Por- he. I know he Jay just, Leno. Jay Leno's got everything. Yeah. He likes yeah. cars. Well, Jay yeah. Leno likes motorcycles. And motorcycles. He was a motorcycle guy. Big He's time, got it car he's got old truck collection too. i think it's just massive uh collection Google but how many, how many cars <laughs> now do it <laughs> i got it's, it uh, 247 nice nice that was quick damn it's like almost we cut to do that i bet <laughs> i bet you're not even close oh 247 toothpicks oh i'll do it later I'll, I'll put my voice in right here with the actual number 286 okay uh, <laughs> hey, you know he's gonna do that absolutely what are you talking about I gotta bust that shit out uh, uh, remember they had written it down in like the black light oh it was great and everything and that's how yeah. Delroy Rindo and Timothy Alfett figured out what they had because they actually went back to the warehouse and they put the black light up and they were like whoa yeah. they saw the wall and they were like that's one big list Yeah. Uh, and it was great because you get to see the different crews and people paired off remember the the really funny little black kid was teamed up with Vinnie Jones, who didn't say a word. Yeah. And he was just being funny the whole time. And remember, <laughs> they steal the Humvee and the snakes in the Humvee. Uh, and he, the little kids flipping out as they're going around the thing. And it, it was just so much damn fun watching all these people do it. Uh, what's her name? Uh, before she got like next level huge, Angelina Jolie in this movie. And she was uh, super hot in this movie. Remember, she had oh, like yeah. blonde dreads in this yeah, movie, man? Absolutely. And she was a mechanic. And yeah, she was great in this movie. And uh, it was just fun watching him kind of complete that task. I loved uh, 
Robert Duvall in this movie too. Yeah, he was great. as like the seasoned guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like he was. I love his reaction when Delroy Lindo shows up at the shop, and the, they uh, there's a knock on a door, and they have everything exposed. Yeah, and he just laughs. It's like oh shit. Yeah, and they all start covering stuff up and everything. And it yeah. was it was great. Well, man. don't doesn't he tell him like yeah no we're planning a heist. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's what we're and doing. It's almost like a he he knows they're they're doing something. It's, yeah, it's more like we got to catch you doing it. Yeah, remember them staking out at that house because what was great that these were cars not from like some of them were showrooms and fancy and stuff but a lot of them were people homeowners cars yeah like residential ones remember the angelina jolie and nichols cage had to wait until those people were like already deep into having sex before they would like steal (laughs) their uh, car and uh yeah delroy lindo and timothy alfett like did they were were in like a surveillance van and they were in one driveway and then like the next or when they came back it was like two or three down yeah Yeah, that was nicholas cage was that clever to realize it Mm -hmm. yeah he's like abort abort yeah this was a great movie man it was a lot of fun and it was a remake of uh Gone sixty seconds. Uh, one of the old ones. Gone in half. <laughs> I, I have a feeling it's probably they not as good. Upon it. <laughs> All right, this next one, and uh, Dave knows a little bit more than this bu- this movie, but I have seen it several times, so it will come back to me. Is and this is definitely a kind of departure for Nicolas Cage and what he did, and he should have won an award for it, how great he was because he had to play two characters in it, and this was 2002's adaptation. This was a great, great movie. And this was the guy that did Being John Malkovich. It's a hard script to wrap your head around. Yeah. Well, that's right. Being John Malkovich guy. I I mean, very clever. So what he did is he constructed this script to actually work in the screenwriter, Charlie Kaufman, who's a real guy, who's a screenwriter in Hollywood. And they have him working. uh, They work him into this script about him writing a script for a real book. What was the Orchid Thief? Mm Mm-hmm. And with fictional characters. So he was able to kind of connect this fictional world with the true world and do it in a clever enough way where it almost was kind of mind-blowing at the time. Because remember how it was filmed? Yeah. And where every once in a while you'd hear Chris Cooper say a line uh, that uh, what's-his-name was writing, uh, Nicolas Cage. Because he, Charlie Kaufman, like I said, he's a real screenwriter and he's got a twin brother. Uh, I can't remember his brother's name. Kaufman. Yeah, Kaufman, something, <laughs> something Kaufman, and Kaufman he's also a, he's also a writer, and you got to see kind of his life of basically Nicolas Cage talking to himself. Mm-hmm. But you also well, have one this, was pissed because the better writer wasn't selling. Yeah, in the in the less his crap was, writer had yeah. gotten a bunch of deals, yeah. <laughs> which may or may not have been the truth. But probably was. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like what part of it you, you probably enjoy the Meryl uh, Streep, the Meryl Streep and the Chris was, Cooper part was really good, I, and they kind of merged after a while. They, yeah, the, the two stories merged because, like I said, Nicolas Cage is writing a screenplay for the book that Meryl Streep is writing, and Meryl Streep is writing it based on somewhat of the life of Chris Cooper. So you've got those three things happening at all at once and kind of blend it all together. Yeah, and then, but then she turns into like a junkie at the end. Remember they were crushing yeah. up the orchids and snorting it? and it was, Ooh, like... it was very strange. Had one of the most realistic car accidents oh, I've ever seen in a movie, yeah. and it was it's almost PTSD style because this is the type of one that could happen to absolutely anybody. Yeah. And you didn't Where see it coming. Belt? Yeah. That's all I have to say. And yeah. when it... When you're watching a movie that's not action movie yeah. uh, in any way whatsoever, when that just came out of nowhere, I think yeah. it scared the shit out of a lot of people. Oh, I and bet. it was a simple one too. It was Chris Cooper 
backing out of his driveway mm-hmm. and just he backed out and car was coming yeah. going 30 miles an hour and they put the camera in the car no. in like the back seat yeah so it was like oh we're just watching this fun movie and boom it yeah. happens and you were oh. like holy crap well he went through the fr- windshield yeah through it, the front windshield it, it took the pavement yeah Damn. it took a while to recover as a moviegoer watching it because you could not believe that that just happened yeah and like you said it went to some lengths like you didn't expect this movie to go it was a very weird weird movie but everyone agreed after watching that the this is it was weird, but it was clever and it was well done, Oscar worthy. Yeah, the and Chris Cooper character was great. That's he where he really of speeches in there that were just say your line. You know you want to see like he he collected. I knew everything about fish. I had all fish tanks, and then one day I was like, "Fuck fish! <laughs> I'm not." And I've never dipped so much as a toe in the ocean again. <laughs> She's like, but fish were your whole life. My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a great character too and it was like he created that type of character uh, that he was very unique when she was interviewing him and everything. It was, well, was, it was great. He was a redneck but he was super smart. Yeah. Remember that kid from La Mancha? The smartest kid at La Mancha was a redneck. La Mancha redneck. is a uh, apartment complex. Apartment complex from foreign, foreign and gifted students from Overseas and in the U.S. and then in Gainesville and then me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gifted in my own way. <laughs> Anyways, there was a kid from there from Alabama, mm-hmm. like in a small tiny town. His IQ must have been 200. Mm-hmm. Like he knew, he he was a theoretical physicist or something. Wow! But uh, he was a redneck. Reminded me of Chris Cooper. Theoretically, he, I'm a physicist. <laughs> Do you know what physicist does? <laughs> physicist stuff. Physicist stuff. <laughs> Physics. What else do they do? Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. go get my degree in that. <laughs> what is that? Theoretical Nova? physics. No, what is the university yeah. online? Uh, Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. University. There you go. Fictional physicist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that's adaptation, man. It was really good. Well, this next one, this is where he kind of went back into like big budget movie here, and I've seen this once. I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater, but I haven't seen it since then. I know Dave watched it recently, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Justin knows about it too. I'll let you guys talk a little bit about 2004's National Treasure. Oh yeah, this was two of them. Dave didn't. Dave just watched the first one. I didn't know there was a second one. Well, I had seen the first one already. I had seen it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to rewatch it just to brush up on it because it's funny. You like you think about it and you're like, I don't know if I should like this movie or not. (laughs) But if you're if you're an Indiana Jones fan, yeah, the Mummy, and you had um, a task. Anytime you can give your main characters this unbelievable, almost on. An unachievable task. And it's, it's fun almost to watch them like, try to do it. It almost like what was that damn video game with the zombies? Uh, Resident Evil. Remember how you had to go collect the key yeah. to slide down the shaft to turn the thing? Yeah. And then when you did that, there was something else. Like yeah. this is whole movie was just like a giant puzzle piece. Pu- after puzzle piece after yeah. puzzle piece, and then just like uh, what's his name, John Voight's character. It's like mm-hmm. yep, yeah. and then there'll be another clue, and then after that one, there'll be another clue. Right. And it's all just clues. So yeah. what was the main synopsis? So the main of? synopsis was the founding fathers had I forget how they came about it. They smuggled treasure out of. Egypt and Europe, mm-hmm. and were hiding it because people were going to destroy it, or something. They were trying to keep it safe. And they, I think the quote was, "They didn't. It was too much riches for one man." To it was have. the Freemasons, right? It was, was the that? Freemasons. Yeah. So basically, it was like one part 
um what was that angels and demons yeah, yeah i was just thinking, was thinking that when you when you the were describing it code. i was yeah. like this has one a lot of da Vinci code. code it's one part indiana jones. It's one part indiana jones yeah. it's fun man i mean you know the the, it, the perfect they had the they had what uh nicholas cage who was sort of like he was a part of this family that had carried this lore with them his, mm-hmm. his grandfather and his father were kind of ridiculed because nobody it was like the treasure that would never be found so right. they were like kind of the skeptics so um, he's been searching for it, and it kind of opens with him and Sean Beam. Sean Beam's kind of his benefactor, and they're in the Arctic, and those Arctic cats that yeah. drive on there. And uh, Sean Beam was a bad guy in this. He was. He Man, didn't he, think so. He got typecasted so yeah. much back in that so time. So basically, they're looking for a ship called the Charlotte mm-hmm. that sailed from Massachusetts down to the Arctic Circle or something up to the Arctic Circle, uh-huh. and uh, they find the ship. And then Sean Bean tries to fuck him. Do you know the girl in this? You were wondering where you knew her from? Um, Diane Kruger was the blonde in this movie. Yeah. She was really good. That's the girl from Inglorious Bastards. The actress oh, that was in the cafe. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. She was great. Yeah, she was awesome in that movie. Yeah, she was the main girl in the. She was th- so much better in that movie. So I mean, eventually, she was good in this movie, but. they have to steal the Declaration of Independence. Steal the Declaration of Because the map to the treasure is on the back, right? The The. Or the next part of the next phase to yeah. tell you where I mean just kept going and going but yeah that was a great scene when uh, they were in they the do that they, it was almost like Ocean's Eleven too remember they had the guys on the walkie talkies like you got to go here and they, yeah. and they who wants to go down the creepy hole first is that what it's, the line was <laughs> yeah. something like that? I remember that line from it <laughs> and John Voight was great in it. I yeah, mean, that the his like right hand man, the funny kid was, oh, was good was in awesome. this man, and he was he didn't go on. He went on to he was in the Hangover. He was the one that was uh, that getting was married. getting married. Yeah. yeah, they didn't do much with him, which yeah. was weird because he was so funny in the National Treasure movies. I don't think I saw the second one. Have you seen the second one? I, I think I one. might have. I, I don't really remember. Yeah, it, I'd honestly. have to go back and watch both these. I know I liked the first one when I uh, when I saw it initially. I just haven't seen it since then. Who was John Voight's character? Was he like he a was, mentor? Who was his, his dad. dad? Oh, it was his dad. Okay, yeah. yeah. He had to go back to his house because the information on the back of the doc- Declaration of Independence referenced a letter written by Benjamin Franklin. So this is very... And his dad had those letters. So this is not even Indiana Jones. This is more like Last Crusade. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was absolutely. a quest from beginning to end, and and uh, if you've ever seen American Dad, yeah. they do a great parody of this. Oh, do they really? Mr. Peanut. That's, really? Oh, that's awesome. And President Peanut, and then Jimmy Carter had hidden some secrets on the back of like a peanut. <laughs> oh my god! And, it, and they follow pretty much this whole storyline. That's, that's funny. Really ridiculous. I mean, it was a great. If you're, it, it had every single moment like. Sean Bean's getting ready to look over the balcony, and he's going to catch him if he doesn't move in two yeah, seconds. Yeah. And it was Mission Impossible, yeah. Bart Mission Impossible. I mean, it would just had if you like a fan of any of those movies, I yeah. brought it out. It's fun. Yeah, it you, is. You have to like Nick Cage. Yeah, I mean, and it got. I a, think it just got a bad rap, like you know, I mean, rumor wise. Yeah, I didn't. Be, I never heard anyone say anything bad. about I never it. heard anybody say anything bad about. It. I don't know if it made money. I can tell you right now. I pulled that up. Tell yeah. me right now. Well, I got a sequel, so I'm assuming it did. Yeah, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but the budget was a hundred million dollars. And it grossed three hundred and forty-seven yes. million. Yes, boom, yeah. boom, money in the bank. Wonder, yeah, well, right. that brings up a good question. I wonder if they ever made a sequel off a movie that lost money. Yeah, now that's a good question right there. Mm. I don't know, like who the bad business well, guy on that no, was. It could have been like it had potential, but yeah. you needed to do better. I yeah. suppose we can do better. We can rebuild them. I'm sure we there's have the been. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you're blending two things at once. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a million dollar man. Oh, oh, got you, got you. All right, we'll go to this next one. This is three years later, and uh, finally, and we haven't, uh, we didn't put Kick Ass on here because we just recently talked to Kick Ass. So deal well, with it. deal with it. <laughs> and I love him in Kick Ass. I should mention he was great in Kick Ass. And uh, I don't know what year Kick Ass was. It I'm must have been sure. like 2012 or something yeah, around there. Well, this movie's 2007, and Nicolas Cage has been hoping since he started his career to be in a superhero movie and it did not happen until 2007 which is strange you know all these things that had happened before then i wish that it happened after the marvel universe had been established after iron man because mm. not only would have this movie been better uh it would have been more popular and they would have worked his character in uh in different ways and yeah. that was uh 2007's ghost rider yeah now the certain things I love about this movie is certain things I think are kind of shitty. I think it could have got a better. Uh, it definitely could have got a better movie. Uh, mm. This was definitely Marvel. I mean, they have their emblem at the beginning of the movie and everything. And there's so many different. I don't know if you know anything about Ghost Rider. No. Uh, he threw skulls. No, no, that's. He had a flaming. I think you're thinking of the hobgoblin throwing flaming pumpkins. Oh no, yeah, okay. could be. This is why you're not on the superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so Ghost Rider and he had a flaming skull. Yeah, there's something about flames. Well, there's a lot yeah. of Ghost Riders that they could have went with. They went with Johnny Blaze. To be honest with you, I like the modern one that they uh, do in Agents of Shield. Uh, oh yeah, that one. Ramos. <laughs> uh, Ramos, where he has a he has a badass car, and they do a really great job. That that's the Ghost Rider that they should have done back then. Mm. And but this still had some fun ass stuff in it too. Donald Logue was his like pit man and everything, and he worked at circuses and everything. Uh, as, he was a stuntman. Uh, stuntman as yeah. jumping, but at the very. Uh, Kind of the origin story of this whole thing is his dad is dying of cancer, and uh, his son is also uh, a stunt guy, just like his dad. And his, uh, he doesn't realize his dad's uh, dying of cancer. Um, Metastopheles, I think it was supposed to be like the Mephisto character, who is basically Satan in the Marvel universe. Uh, Mephisto, they haven't really worked him into the current phases yet, which would be cool because he's evil as shit. He was played by weird enough uh, Peter Fonda. So Peter Fonda visited him and said, "Hey, I'll uh, I'll cure your dad's cancer if you uh, tell me, give me your soul." And uh, then even before he gets a chance, he like ends up pricking his finger and it drops down in this like book where he had to sign for the soul. And he's like, "That'll do." And he closes the book and he takes off. Then his dad ends up dying. His cancer's gone, and he he wakes up the next day. Well, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. He's like, "Holy shit! I sold my soul for this." He didn't yeah. tell me he was gonna live uh, like three or four days because his dad got up and he's like, "I wasn't gonna tell you, but I was feeling bad and I had some uh, bad uh, bad prognosis." But my doctor, I just got from there, and he said I'm completely cured and everything. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I ended up dying. <laughs> so then Johnny Blaze just kind of grows up in that life with that uh, famous as hell, like very what is that evil can evil can evil type yeah. stuff and he's jumping like trucks and everything like that yeah uh what are your thoughts on ghost Rider? were you a fan of it i thought it was pretty good what do you um, what were your favorite i'll tell you the one thing i didn't like i think eva mendez was not good in this she is yeah. not a great actress and she brought this movie down I mean, in my opinion i hate to shit on anybody and i'm sure there's other roles that she would be absolutely perfect for but it certainly was not ghost rider she was good in training day yep she was good in Training Day, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
not this. <laughs> Those I are the mean, only two movies you know, I know from. Yeah, right. I, I mean, you know. She's 50 50, man. Yeah, right. 50 50, you make it. Um, I no. get my residual checks. Fuck yeah, you, Paul. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fun. Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the enemies that he went up against and how, like, you know, they all, like, one was wind, one was kind of, like, you know, what was the other two? One was, like, wind. Wes one was... Bentley was the main villain who became famous with American Beauty. He's the one that films the bag. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Around. And, uh, yeah, did they even say their names? I'm not sure they, they did. did. Maybe they I did. Just I just don't didn't remember, remember what them. they yeah. were. Uh, but, I, you know, I thought the, the, the CGI on the Ghost Rider was cool. At that um, time period, at, it was yeah. decent. It was decent in 2007. because it, this movie make So at, at nighttime or around, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it did. Uh, a lot of people were dying to see. There wasn't a whole lot of friggin', uh, there wasn't a whole lot of superhero movies coming out that time. Not until Iron Man uh, 1... Uh, kicked off did it just start that whole run of them this was before that yeah but so when he was around evil or it was nighttime or really whenever they felt like it after a while yeah right <laughs> yeah he, he turned into the ghost rider you, you realize that they so kind of went against deal? the rules what, what did he have to do so for the it, devil? Was, it was some kind of like contract that yeah. you know he had to fulfill in order to like i don't know if it was to get his soul back maybe um, did he have powers where he couldn't die when he wasn't ghost rider yeah you didn't see him get injured much and he would he would do all these stunts and everything but not until a certain point did he actually like turn uh into the rider like he didn't do it when he was younger it was later in life and uh he was then, jacked for this movie. Too. He was pretty jacked for this yeah. movie. People thought he, they like CG'd his abs on, and apparently they had not. It was just him getting jacked for the movie. I mean, yeah. he was waiting for the. He wanted to play, and he I was mean, probably a huge Ghost Rider fan uh, during this. So he probably had a lot to say uh, about probably, where he, the character he pours went. Himself into. Oh yeah, films. he's good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Sam Elliott had an interesting role in this. Remember, he was kind of the caretaker at, yeah, the, uh, right. at the cemetery, and he knew about other ghost riders, and he was the way to get the exposition out and told them. And it turns out at, at the end that he was like a ghost rider himself. Remember, he, right. his horse turned into like yeah. uh, his vehicle. He had like enough left enough left in him for like one last ride yeah, or yeah. something like that. And, yeah, And it was decent. Like I said, this was before the the bar got set super high with Marvel uh, movies and they dumped what unbelievable money. Iron Man. The first Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man is One when of the it ones all started. Yep, <laughs> and it was phenomenal. I mean, that's why it kicked off from there. So I could definitely see them going Ghost Rider again. I would love to do it. Uh, I'd love to see it. I would definitely pay my money. And they, like I said, they could go to different ones. That Reyes one that uh, I think he was created in like 2013 the more modern age Ghost Rider was a really good thing. Like, he sold his soul to save his brother, I think is what the way it was told. But he had, like, one of those amazing, like, almost like the uh, Marion Cobretti cars, like the Pharaohs oh. uh, that Stallone drove in Cobra. Okay. Yeah. Uh, something like that. It was like a cool street car that kind of became when he was the Ghost Rider. And obviously, uh, since this movie, as good as we thought that special effects was, a hundred times better. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Shield, that's yeah. a TV show, so. All right, this next bad boy here, and this one's, we're jumping over uh, a few of his movies, because he's got so many goddamn movies on, like, oh, Redbox yeah, and movies you've never heard of. I mean, I should have looked up what Has is... Has a Nick uh, Cage movie ever lost money? Oh, yeah, I'm sure they have. I'm, I'm sure he's lost. That one between worlds, I think it was called. I I did not like that one. Yeah, at he's all. got a lot of straight to on demand movies and stuff like that. So I'm sure a lot of those don't make. Doesn't their, mean they didn't make money. He <laughs> makes money. 
Well, and they they definitely it adds to his. He yeah. gets a lot of leeway. Yeah. He could do a bunch of crap movies, and yeah. you just never see them. Yeah. The thing is, and he's You're not doing be like. He sucked. I'm never going to watch another Nick Cage. So these yeah. these last three movies that we're going to talk about here, we got 2013, 2017, and 2018. All three of these are indie movies. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a producer on all these things. And it allowed him uh, some levity to do what he wanted with the character and to kind of uh, have his voice kind of be heard. And the first one was a phenomenal movie that I recommend to anyone. is 2013's Joe. This was a very simple, simple movie, and it's very interesting that they. Uh, this also highlighted how great. Uh, is if it, it has a spoiler, don't give it because I no. Th- there isn't a whole. Okay. Uh, there isn't a big spoiler really uh, that I won't. I, I don't have to reveal it. But uh, the main kid from it is awesome. He's the kid from Ready Player One. He's also the kid who plays Cyclops in the new X Men movies. Oh, okay. Uh, is it Tyler Sheridan or Jamie Sheridan? I can't remember. Uh, he was phenomenal in this movie. He, that's what everyone noticed when this movie came out. Is like this kid's gonna be freaking famous, and he is. And now he's one of the hottest actors in Hollywood, and he can do whatever the hell he wants. But what's going on is it's the I'm not sure what the location of this was, uh, because it seemed like it was in the woods Pacific in like West, West Virginia or something oh. like that. But it could have been easily any of the uh, like really rural, rural rural areas where there's Say lots of trees rounds roads roads woodsy areas <laughs> <laughs> so you're following this kid and this kid's home life is absolutely horrible his uh He's trying to. His dad is an absolute alcoholic, and the guy who plays his dad, and a lot of the other actors in this movie, are not actors. And the guy specifically playing his dad is a homeless guy that they hired to come in, and I, they must have auditioned him, and he did great, and he was phenomenal in the movie. He seemed like the real deal during the movie, mm-hmm. but he was a diehard alcoholic. But there was some fun scenes with him where he had like. And that's what was great about this movie is they showed not only him being a horrible bastard, but he showed him and the kid joking around, and he was he was showing the kid how to pop and lock and everything, and you got to see this guy do it. You could tell that this guy really knows how to do that shit. And the sad part of this is the movie came out, and this guy died on the streets of Austin like two months after the movie came out. Wow, that's it was they like must his, not have paid him enough. It was his yeah. one and only movie. I mean, they literally got him to do this movie. He did it, and then he passed away. Yeah. But. You get to see the horrible life and what Joe, you, they always allude to what Joe's life was before this, the Nicolas Cage character. But what he's doing now is he works for this kind of lumberjack kind of, he has his own company where he takes, uh, he meets up with a lot of how daily labor works, you know. They all meet at like one convenience store and they all pile into his truck and they takes him out in the woods and he does his jobs out there and he takes him back and he pays everyone by the day and he's got this whole spiel that he tells the kid because the kid eventually shows up and says, can you give me a job? And they uh, they teach the kid how to do it. And that's some of the fun stuff where what they're doing is they're, they have this axe that uh, hatchets that are attached to these uh, tubes, and I, I'm assuming this is a real deal. And they're pumping poison into it, and you chop the tree about three inches into it while you're pumping the poison into it, and then you stop, and the tree will die on its own, and there'll be another crew coming in that will uh, just clear the whole uh, all the trees down. And they're gonna. Uh, and his idea is that these trees are no good; they're not helping anyone. We're gonna kill them, we're gonna clear them, and we're gonna grow pine trees here, and pine trees will help out everybody. And they go to all different things. So his crew was only involved in that. 
and that was his life. You know, he had his girlfriend at home, and he, he was staying clean. You could tell he had a good relationship with the cop that was in town. That uh, you could tell several scenes. You could see his anger coming out though, yeah. where he was like, he did not like authority. He did not like cops. He uh, several scenes. Of, He's like, there's Rambo. a cop pointing a gun at him, and he was. Like, Rambo had made it to his destination, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the the cops give him a lot of uh, leeway too, because this scenes where he'll he'll disarm cops, and smack them, <laughs> and just walk away. And you're like, what the that. fuck? They're just letting him do whatever. <laughs> you try that. When you so try his, that. his very calm life kind of takes a, a turn when this kid kind of joins uh, joins his crew and he brings him home and he could see the father just immediately takes the money from the kid and just punches the kid in the face, knocks him on the ground like unconscious. In front of? In front of Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is in his truck and he's he keeps saying to himself, you could tell it's like that, I don't want to get involved. Yeah. Can't be involved. Don't get out of the truck. Can't be involved. Never get out of the truck. Yeah. And then the kid shows up at his house in the rain and he's all beaten up so he takes him in and yeah. he, he becomes like almost the father that this kid uh, isn't. And so he allows his dad to come on the crew and his dad, he's just such it's such a sad thing to watch that his dad doesn't give a fuck and complains about everything and is giving the other workers shit and stealing their water and they're yelling at him and you're like man they just need to get this guy out of here man but yeah. he was creepy to be on it there was a intense scene where you saw the length that this guy would go for alcohol and it was like right up under leaving las vegas insanity uh what this guy ends up doing and i, I won't spoil it but it's really amazing and it goes down to this great great ending uh Nicholas Cage was great in it. You could tell. I love the idea that, and I, I, and I do this Joe. with. Yes, he's Joe. Okay. <laughs> I love the idea, and and it's done. It's not an unusual thing. It happens in scripts all the time where they start with a character that they're every other character is alluding to who they are and what they've done, but we don't see any of it. You know, it's all contained. You know, he has anger issues and everything, and you're constantly waiting for that to come out. It's great, man. Definitely one of Nick Cage's best movies, and probably. I do see it on a lot of. I think it was on Netflix for the first time. Is where I saw it. It reminds me a lot of. It was mud. on Redbox. It reminds me a lot of Mud. Mm-hmm. You've seen Mud with Matthew McConaughey. I think oh, a lot yeah, of people confuse the one with the chicken wing. Uh, no, that's, that's you really want. That's the boat. That's Killer Joe. Is what you're thinking of. <laughs> Joe Killer Joe. <laughs> Killer clowns from outer space. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie leopard pirates. <laughs> it's all the fucking same. Killers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. These next two movies, we get to see Nick Cage go full Nick Cage again, man. And I, and I hope this is welcome a, back, welcome buddy. back. And uh, I love that he's. What did we say? He was like fifty six. Yeah, and he's like fifty six years old, and uh, he's just killing it like he's like a young buck out there. So, so the, who's thirty one years younger than him that would challenge him? <laughs> I know, man. What the hell? Uh, and this movie's twenty seventeen's Mom and Dad. Hell yeah! Dude. Now I didn't even know. Anything about this movie until Justin had mentioned I didn't it on know a previous about this spot movie until yesterday. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, this and you had seen it, and then you had turned it off because the girl that you were dating at the time had problems with it being too difficult for her to watch. So in my brain, it was like, "Well, gotta see that." Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and once you told me the premise, I, I was all in, man. I, I think that premise is just genius. The only thing I had a problem with. In, uh, is we don't get to see an initial incident of why it happens. Yeah, I, I, but you don't I like always, it. You like you usually like when not knowing that. And, and that's the thing. I like it and I don't like it. You know, if I was writing the script, I think I would have 
thought of something that did it. But then again, when I'm thinking about what I would have done, Zom-com, I don't know what I could have done. was working on another thing. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about it from like a screenwriter standpoint, I'm not sure what incident I would have used. That didn't I, seem stupid. I comet, almost, you know, like a comet or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know? almost <laughs> feel like there was almost some kind of like a virus or a germ or I think there was a tone on the TV um, or something like that. I don't that. know. Because well, I got premise. the you've been yeah, talking okay. about the premise so, without talking about it. Um, so basically, Nick Cage and um, who Selma plays? Blair oh, are you know mother and dad. They have two kids. Life is normal. Everyone's good. Um, Cookie cutter type town. Yeah, you know? yep. Pleasantville. Yeah, all cul-de-sacs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And the kids are at school, and for some reason or another, like parents just start turning on their children and only their children yeah nobody else nobody else um and like oh man dude remember in the beginning like the the one kid gets suspended and all the parents are waiting yeah. at the gates they're just waiting on their kids to come out of school so they can like just eagerly fucking, like trying to find see them they just the can't thing. wait to slaughter them you know it, what's interesting to me and i almost it's called parent <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i almost had to uh, figure this out as I was going along. I watched this with my wife, and she thought she's like, "What the fuck are we watching?" Yeah, no, it's, it's fucking <laughs> it, it, crazy. It was good though. It, it was even more of a horror than a comedy. I, I guess once you got to see Nick go c- kind of crazy at the end with Selma, it kind of got more of a comedy. Yeah, but it kind of you got the idea that you had the urge to do something horrible to your kid, but not until you laid eyes on him mm-hmm. did it really go full force. Right, and I was I was watching it, and I'm like because. Selma Blair didn't it didn't kick in with Selma Blair as fast as it did with everybody else. Right. You know, so you're wondering why is it doing it faster with and without knowing what the initial kind of uh catalyst was that made it happen, I guess you can do that. You can go like, all right, it doesn't happen all the time for everybody. Yeah. But it certainly happened to everyone at the front of the school. Right. And I mean for the first probably fifteen minutes yeah. of the movie, I mean it's just a fucking slaughter. And then they yeah. go to the scene where this woman is giving birth. This was the. It was funny and it was fucked up all at the same time. She's trying to, me. to kill her newborn. Yeah, dude. So the baby. And it's know, Selma Blair's like uh, sister. I'm pretty sure. That, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I so think she's so, in the delivery she's in room, the delivery and, room. And, and helping yeah. her. Um, and they the baby is born and they give it to the mother and she's holding it and she just starts squeezing it and they have to like take the child from her and like. She, get, she gets up off the fucking table like umbilical cord still hanging from yeah. her, raging towards this baby who's yeah. who's now across the room in Selma Blair's arms, and then the father starts going crazy and yeah. everything, and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> That's where we had to turn it off. But eventually I went back and watched the Oh, yeah, because it, it was know? really, really good, man, because you had to obviously stick till it happened to Nick And Cage. that was the thing. It was like maybe another five minutes yeah. after that, and things kind of leveled out, yeah. you know? Um, and then it became kind of a very contained where the kids were at the house. Cat and mouse. Uh, yeah, kind of cat and a mouse and with the parents, and they ended up going down to the basement, uh, and the kids figured out these booby traps to uh, to get away. Booby but tra- but you got to see <laughs> Nick Cage just go like full crazy with the axe and uh, yeah. just try to take almost pull away. like a shining. Yeah, you know <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and it was short. It was like eighty six minutes long. Yeah, it was like this quick, short, just fun, fun, random there's, there's, horror movie. There's that other surprise. Oh know. yeah, we should tell this. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if you want to tell I, it or not. I don't think there's a problem telling it because we just watched the trailer and they reveal it right on the trailer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so at some point when they're fighting the, uh, they don't show them. 
uh, you can on just the trailer. tell people not to watch the trailer and watch the movie. Well, that's true. Yeah. All right, so spoiler <laughs> alert. If you, if you don't want this ruined for you, you can uh, tune up for like two minutes here yeah. or jump ahead two minutes. Starting now. So when they're... Uh, <laughs> so when they're... Uh, trying to get into the basement where the kids are the doorbell rings and then they were like oh i forgot we invited the uh, parents over to dinner yeah and then all of a sudden you're like holy shit it didn't even occur to you watching this movie and that's what was beautiful about it that they may <laughs> have had parents, parents too yeah, yeah that their yeah. parents may still be alive yeah and so when the door opens lance henriksen is the father uh, famous character after clearly in a lot of horror movies yeah it's like you get the impression that he's like ex green beret or something like that he's got like the push knives and shit and so they just start attacking the shit out of uh, Lance Henderson goes after Nick Cage like crazy, and then they have an all-out fight, and it goes into that. Uh, what are they going to the garage? And I it think continues so, yeah. into the garage, and Selma Blair's got to kill the mother, yeah. which is the grandmother kind of like to these children yeah. here, and it was crazy, man. Yeah. It was really, but intense. it was fun. It was fun, yeah. and it was smart, you know. Yeah, and uh, and it was quick. Yeah, it was quick. You know, and, and like you said, like I said that the. I would have liked to have seen a catalyst that started the whole thing, but it didn't take it away from me not knowing one. Too. Yeah, I could see that if I wrote the script, I would get a bunch of people bitching I, at I, me that I didn't. I think have one I was under the impression that there was some kind of like frequency that was going on throughout the movie. You can I just know, go I with that. I think it was. Uh, that's, that's what I'm going <laughs> to. I'm, I'm going with that. I'm going to stick with that one. <laughs> All right, this last movie here, and it's certainly not the last Nick Cage movie that's going to be. He's going to be doing some another serious one that I, I had to turn off for a little while. <laughs> that's right. Me yeah. and Dave watched this yesterday. You actually. didn't turn it off because you couldn't. You had to go somewhere. Right? <clears throat> well, yes and no. No, it had a. Uh, uh, physical effect, the uh, kind yeah, of the way it was filmed. Just, it, it almost had it to me on the. No, no, but, but it was disorienting, and yeah. I even felt it yesterday watching it. When we watched mm. it yesterday, I could see like when they gave Mandy the drugs. <laughs> Sorry, here's the movie. Yeah, no, 2018's Mandy. Yeah, and uh, this is available on Redbox. Ch- uh, kids film. Yeah, absolutely. Animated dog. <laughs> made on made on eight millimeter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this was available on Redbox, and it's available, I think, on iTunes and everything. But it's very hard to get on DVD. I had to pay like thirteen dollars for it, which is like I know, I just which got is fifteen dollars like, for it. I, what? <laughs> <laughs> which is unheard of, to, kind of for uh, used DVDs these days. But it is kind of a very indie horror movie. And the the guy who did this is actually the son of the director of uh, Tombstone. Oh, and he he was actually worked on the crew on it. Now he's kind of branching out and doing his own thing, uh, and he did a phenomenal job on this. You could tell that he is a very specific type of director that wants to be very visual and uh, take the viewer on this very sensory kind of trip. Would you say? Yeah. Visually, the sound, the look, the cinematography in this is insane. The movie is almost all completely red. Yeah, or uh, blue, partially out of focus. Yep. With, yeah. Uh, two things laid on top of yeah. each other a lot of times. So why don't you tell us oh, kind man, of what's yeah. going on in uh, Mandy? Um, I mean, it starts out with with Nick Cage and his wife, played by... Uh, uh, she was really good. She's the girl from Oblivion yep. that plays Mandy. Uh-huh. The one with and Tom, she was kind of like a dark, Tom Cruise, artsy... Yeah. Yeah, she, it was 83, 1983, so she was wearing, like, Black Sabbath shirts Motley and Crue Motley Crue and shirts and everything. Yeah. Reggie Jackson, number 44. Yeah, Reggie Jackson, like, uh, jersey. <laughs> and, uh, well, and I think she was kind of, like, pagan, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you, you got it. that You got that sense. Yeah. And so she was, I, I don't know if they were on vacation. She ran a store. It almost seemed like they were on vacation. Yeah. Well, she was, walking, she was walking down the road from the store. No, no, but she owned the store. Yeah. 
She, oh. worked, she worked the counter. Okay. The store. I think it was hers. It was her store. And this was a slow burn. L- literally, the the big stuff didn't happen until probably an hour into the movie. Yeah. It's a two-hour... Hour and four. Yeah. It's two... <laughs> he looked down at it. <laughs> so, yeah. Until it's, the time they brought the bag out. It's, <laughs> it, it's a slow burn, and we're going to be a little spoilery here because there is kind of a... We, we could just mention that it's a kind of a horrific moment that happens uh, we uh, to Nicolas Cage's wife. We could just put it Jesus like that. Cult. Man. Yeah, like yeah. a really kind of wimpy ass kind of Jesus cult. Uh, it wasn't even Jesus. Psychedelic. They, they, they like, weren't even. They thought was, he was a god. And these. It was very. I mean, it had a lot of Ma- um, Marilyn Manson. Not Marilyn Manson. They believed that he could like Charles communicate Manson. with God, and they were followers. And it was only like maybe twelve people in it. Yeah. You know, all um, very unique, crazy looking motherfuckers. Yeah. And one of them being the kind of the uh, kind of the Manson. Charles Manson type character, and this is an actor who's done a lot of stuff too. He was on the blacklist. He played uh, Thomas Wayne in the first Batman movie, who was or the, the Batman Begins. What's that? Who was the chemist? He's great. He played the Night King in uh, Game of Thrones, and he's in a lot of kind of action and he's horror familiar. movies now. Yeah. He was in Thirty One, the Rob Zombie movie, and uh, he looked yeah, like, uh, that's what it he's was. He's a very unique look. Yeah, it looked like the guy that sat up in the bed in Seven. Yeah, he was dying. he's very like oh, uh, yeah. Iggy Pop. I think he kind of looked like too. Or like that scene I remember you telling me about before I saw it, um, where he was talking. The cult leader yeah. was talking, and then they overlaid like. That's where it kind of became yeah. really sensory. Is that where you turned it off initially? No, I mean, I don't remember the exact point. I think it was. It probably... is slow. It's one of those movies that you really have to stick with uh, to get to the meat of it. Yeah. But once the meat of it happens, and I think I explained it last time we talked about it, like a roller coaster you know you're going up that roller coaster but when you get to that top peak and you're going down yeah i mean for the last hour it was just i mean chainsaw (laughs) fight chainsaw fights with like evil demons i mean we kind of compared it to like helter skelter meets hellraiser meets i don't even know uh those two probably fear and loathing in las vegas maybe because it's very trippy for sure and so once his wife was wronged, he basically had, uh, well, we're kind of skipping over the supernatural kind of element of this movie, where these this hippie group got obsessed with uh, with Nicolas Cage's wife, saw her walking on the side of the road, and just became convinced that he needed her for yeah. whatever reason, for the cult, for himself, right. whatever it was. Yeah. So he had his, uh, brought his followers and said, hey, you need to go get her for me. Yeah. And instead of doing it themselves, which they could very well have done it themselves, they kind of use this weird horn and blow into the horn and summon up this weird kind of biker, Cenobite creatures yeah. that came out of the woods and they gave them this weird kind of insane Black. liquid to yeah. drink. And even Nicolas Cage sticks his finger in it later on and tries it. And yeah. you can see that he sees like his face melting off. And oh, shit. yeah. I don't know what the hell was in it, but it was crazy. Well, he did a bunch of it at one point. Yeah. You know, and that's when he went on his fucking spree. <laughs> and so the next uh, kind of scene is like this very stroby scene of these kind of biker creatures already in Nicolas Cage's house. And then the, the hippie group comes in and they, they take her and they do that cool superimposing face where they give her a shitload of drugs and yeah. kind of convince her that and you want to be part of that She just laughs face, laughs at his yeah, face right. and then he He's just... He's a musician, man. He can't take criticism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was very Manson uh, kind of oriented the way they were doing it with his music and stuff like that. So it was interesting. But they did this horrible thing right in front of Nicolas Cage. And uh, you could tell Nicolas Cage was going to go to the ends of the earth. Uh, 
to get revenge. Not yeah. in two groups of people, you know. He's he's got to get revenge on the crazy hippie cult, and he's got to get revenge on the Cenobites. Right. So he's got to go someplace to get some weapons. Yeah. Where's he go? It's, it's Bill Duke, right? <laughs> yeah, Bill Duke, That's man. That's awesome, man, to get his crossbow. And another kind of backstory that they tell you nothing about. They tell you they nothing about. Say, you can hey, tell that he was a badass. Once forge. you start... What's that? He had a he forged that axe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah dude, that fucking axe was great. And so he just strapped it to his back, and then it becomes a Nick Cage show where he's just hunting these guys through the yeah. woods. Remember, he takes one out on the uh, motorcycle, and then uh, he ends up getting captured by one of them. I love that scene where he's when he, when he rips his shirt. It's my favorite shirt. Favorite shirt. <laughs> or the scene we should mention that right after his wife died, where he goes into that set, where he goes into that bathroom set, mm-hmm. and he just chugs the oh, uh, the whiskey yeah. in, in like his tidy whiteies. That was and a, just screams and screams and screams yeah. in the room. You're like, wow. That was Nick Cage doing Nick Cage. Yeah, he just kind of went crazy there, yeah. man. Uh, but. It, it went all the way down to these like insane fights, like I said, where one guy pulls a chainsaw, the other guy pulls a bigger chainsaw. Yeah, a huge chainsaw. <laughs> huge chainsaw. Like, it's like it's got chainsaw fights like in this a movie too. Sycamore. <laughs> <laughs> I told that's how they sold Nick Cage on the movie. Yeah, yeah right. Chainsaw it, fight. Look at this chainsaw. All right, I'm in. <laughs> it has a really big shock in the last like three seconds of the movie that you don't expect to happen that I won't reveal on the pod here. Do you remember what it was? Without uh, saying it, I'll tell you. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll, you I'll, just watched it yesterday. You don't remember. I what might. Else? Yeah, but I'll. I'll, wait. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after right when we yeah. finish. Because <laughs> that's our last one, anyways. You don't have to wait long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, that's that's Mandy, and it was. I don't say I could recommend it to anybody. Uh, it's it's an intense movie, so you have to be really into kind of uh, the weird and the wild and violent. But it's totally and, worth the ride. Oh yeah, like, it's totally worth the uh, ride. Like I said, stick with it through that hour point. I know my cousin just bought it because I told him it was great. He hasn't watched it, and I, I had to tell him. I, he hasn't watched it. Yet? Uh, no, but he's he's that type of guy who'll buy fifty DVDs and they'll get to him one day when he retires. <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, when you do watch it, I said you got to <laughs> stick with it because it, you might seem like it's a little boring and slow going through, but it is absolutely worth it. Like Justin said. Uh, so that's Nick Cage, man. I love it that he is added to uh, the He's, likes of like John Candy we've done yeah. and uh, Bruce Willis and different stuff. I know in a uh, next month or next two months we're gonna do another one. I think we got uh, on the list. We got Denzel slated, which would be a really good one because Denzel's done so many and you, great you films, man. Seen a bunch of Denzel. Yeah. Unless Ke- unless Keon unless Keanu uh, <laughs> kicks him off, I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, oh no, we have to wait for Keanu because he's got so many going on right now. <laughs> this year, he's got a movie coming out tomorrow. Toy Story Four. He plays the evil Knievel character. What? Yeah. <laughs> Major crazy. character in that movie too. So that's gonna be great. But <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I can't wait to see the stuff Nick Cage has got going on in the future. I'm sure if I pulled up his IMDb page and looked at his acting thing, he's probably got six, seven, eight. 20 upcoming projects so man yeah (laughs) gotta get his t-rex back i know right well my (laughs) t-rex i'm on my superman Uh, number one in my t-rex but next time since we're full-blown sweating our asses off here in florida next time next week seems like as good a time as any to do our summertime pod hell yes and uh we're gonna pick all summertime movies beach movies you know those movies when you think summertime these are the movies on the top of your list so that should be a super fun category. I predict some uh, some '80s movies in there someplace. <laughs> uh, and then the week after that, we've got a uh, a character actor uh, pod coming up with a slew of really amazing characters. I can't even believe that we hadn't talked about them yet on the previous character actor ones. 
and then uh, some exciting stuff leading up to our epic uh, 100, which Hell we yeah. got a lot of good stuff planned. Can we get a bonus? Uh, sure. Didn't we? I'll give you twice what you meant. <laughs> I'll get you twice what we're paying you today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, stepping up. We're Dave. stepping up. <laughs> yeah, it's an epic. We're gonna uh, the number one hundred will be a good probably three hours. We're gonna do uh, some. I got some games planned. I got some games planned. Hell yes! I let Justin <laughs> eat Reese's pieces on the pod. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's gonna be exciting leading up to this because this was. I think last week we said it was ninety two. This one is technically ninety two. Uh-huh. They go quick. <gasps> one and we. I know, man. Just when you thought you were close, they go quick. <laughs> so. It'll be exciting. So if you want to get a hold of us, if you could, leave us a message or a, uh, a like on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also check us out on uh, Facebook. We put all our pictures up there and uh, communication. And if you want to uh, cu- communicate with us privately, you could reach us through email, films at gmail.com. Hell yes. So, yeah. So hopefully next week uh, we'll have a good run. You haven't, I don't know all your movies for next week, so... We'll see what you pull I'm out of your keeping asses. one secret. Oh, damn. <laughs> Throw it in at the last minute. I yep. like it. I like it. All right. Well, until next time, see you. Peace. Bye. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole?